everyone, and welcome to episode 272 of Fans of Power. I'm Joe Amato, and I'm here with my partners in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker and Nasty Nate Nathan Kennedy. And today, or tonight, we're being joined by somebody who's, he's got a YouTube page that's been around for nine years, and he likes talking about everything from toys, other pop culture, and when I'm talking about toys, I'm talking about maybe distribution, doing a review, doing little skits, talking about the shitty plastic on them, whatever it may be, but we're, we're here with... Michael Fritch from Retro Blessing. So, Michael, thank you for joining us. Ah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to get into this. Oh, yeah, because like I said, we're going to be all over the place. There's no, never a set path of anything what we're going to say. But uh, before we get started, I'm just going to look at the participants. See, Nathan, I'm doing it right this time. I'm not going to scroll you down have, through all this stuff. You have a lot to read this go-around. Well, I'll at least read what I see for the participants. I see Bjorn Jorgensen. I hope I said your last name uh, right. I apologize. Uh, Daniel Carhunen, Eric Sanchez, Febmon, Grim2, I Black Cap, Johnny Cock, Laser Pants, Papa Hood 69, Pride of Grayskull, Tim Hayes, Zen Brown, and Zentron. And there were other people that were talking earlier. Um, um, I seen he Austin Graham. Up. He Scott already gave Hughes. up. It's, it's oh. fine. All right, T Toki Death Hammer. Hey, Toki Death Hammer is returned for Tyler. Toki Death Nuts in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a long time. And if there was anybody I missed, I apologize, but I always try to give a shout out to everybody there. I talk a million miles an hour, but we can get into this. And uh, Tyler, if you want to start off with anything you want to say to Michael or Michael, even before we get to that, maybe you can tell us, like, you know, what got you started even doing retro blasting? What inspired you? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, uh, bud. yeah, sorry. I heard the name Tyler, then I heard the name me, and what got you started. I'm like, oh, Tyler, what got you started? Um, I mean, I'm more, I got a big ego. I'm more than happy to go ahead and go first, but, you know, go ahead. Stay uh, sure. Sure. Uh, I got started in this because I was actually working on a uh, – I was working in corporate America, and I was working on a Star Trek project, uh, not officially. as a, It was a fan project. It's no not important going into it, but it was – a lot of effort, and I was quickly realizing that because of you know the intensifying copyright laws and everything, uh, that wasn't going to be probably something that I could really put out there. You know, the the fan series were getting shut down and everything like that around that time. Axanar and all that stuff. But I was also a toy collector, had been my whole life, and I was in a Voltron phase. I was you know trying to fill holes in my Voltron collection. And I was trying to find videos about the Panache Place Voltron line just to watch. I, I wasn't trying to learn anything about it. I kind of already knew from childhood what it was all about, and I, I knew what I didn't have. I just wanted to sit down and watch a video about Panache Place Voltron. And um, I ended up watching this video. I don't remember what it was, but it was like two hosts and... They brought up these toys that looked like they were, you know, cars that had been stripped down to blocks in a bad neighborhood. Like they just had nothing left on them. They were telling you more about the toy than they could show you. And in the world of video, that was like, because I, when I went to film school, you know, the first thing they said was, you're working in a visual medium. You've got to think in ways of what you show versus what you tell. Because if you want to tell people about stuff, just have an audio show. Like you do, go have a radio program. And so Melinda comes over and she's like, what are you watching? And I said, oh, this Voltron video, it's not really, it's frustrating. And she said, well, you've got that toy over in the display case. And I said, yeah. She goes, the one from when you were a kid. I said, yeah. She goes, it's in immaculate condition. I was like, oh yeah. She goes, you got a film degree. You need to get there faster. And I'm like, oh. So I just started making the kind of videos I wanted to watch. Um, and that's how I got started. 
No, that's awesome. Cool. It just it, it, and it is. It's cool to see that anytime somebody has a passion for whatever it may be, and mm-hmm. it leads to them doing something like this. Because it's like you said, you're sharing a love of things, and I know sometimes, like you said, you get flack along with us. Like sometimes, if we're critical of stuff, it's not that we're being like complete asses to something or a property or trying to be outright mean. It's just when we see something that we don't like and we're wondering why it is, why it is, mm-hmm. we speak up. And some people, mm-hmm. I guess, are content with just hey. If that's messed up, if something breaks, hey, I'm fine. What the heck? But that's not how it usually is with most people. I mean, when you're paying right. good money, you expect things to be correct, whether it's a crazy sculpt or things that break. And I know that at one time, I think, uh, was it your NECA rant when you talked about, like, the breaking of the plastic? <laughs> Some people got pissed, but it's like <laughs> I had that happen. Yeah. Many people did. It's like why wouldn't you want somebody to, to speak up about this, and then maybe they could improve? But tell us a little bit about that because that one I always love watching, the NECA rant. You oh, did. yeah. So I I was so focused for so many years on just filling the holes in my vintage collection. Like I was, you know, trying to get my Star Wars and I was trying to get, you know, uh, my Voltron and I was trying to get a complete ninja from the Motu vintage line. And I was trying to get all that kind of stuff together, you know, and slowly but surely I had some I had some pseudo modern from like the mid 90s to late 90s still laying around like we all did when we tried to collect in our teens and 20s. But slowly but surely uh, I became aware of other companies and. I wasn't collecting them, but I was keeping up. Like I was reading the Fwoosh blog and I was, you know, just kind of staying on top of certain things because I would go to the toy aisle every time I went into a store. I often wouldn't buy anything, but I would look around. And um, I knew that I've known about NECA since they'd done the original comic book turtles back in 08 or 06 or whatever it was. It was a long time ago. And um, I'd never bought any. And I'd seen for years afterward like i'd say within the last six to seven years all of the pictures and complaints on the message boards and in the groups about NECA stuff breaking it breaks here you know the arm fell off this one didn't come with a foot this one was missing a you know the weapon snapped this one the whole torso broke off this one disintegrated when i told a bad joke like it it was just the, the stories were just endless and we were about to do a live stream about Alien versus Predator uh, as 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 competing um, rival franchises overall. Not specifically the branded Alien versus Predator stuff, but we were talking about both franchises. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll have to get some stuff for the table because we always set up our live stream table to have themed stuff on it. And I found out through some poking around that the NECA company had done Aliens versus Predator arcade game action figures. It was one of my favorite arcade beat-em-ups when I was a kid. And I was like, it's wow. Yeah, it's totally underrated. And I was like, oh, man, like this. Th- these are these look great. Because I, I said it in my video, NECA has the best sculpts and paint work out there um, for mass-produced stuff. So I hadn't bought any NECA ever. I knew their reputation. But I thought, you know. I'm a very experienced toy repair and toy restorer. You know, I've done a number of videos about all kinds of things I've repaired. I've re-chromed R2-D2's heads. I've rebuilt a Defiant. I've, you know, done all kinds of stuff. I said, I know the precautions. I know what I need to do. I think this will be okay. So I got I got um, Dutch and Lynn, and I got the two Predators. And I got them right from NECA's eBay store. Like, they were still for sale. Just six months ago on NECA's eBay store. I got them for a great price. 
and they showed up. They looked great. I pulled them out of the box just to kind of, you know, get them ready for the table, whatever you want to call it. Or maybe, no, it was after it was after the live stream because they weren't even unboxed during the live stream. So it was after the live stream. I thought I'm going to put them out for display. They look great. And I mean, within seconds, I had that heat gun out and I was being real careful. And I he, I was working with the warrior predator and I was heating him up. And all of a sudden that arm just snapped off. I didn't even, I had every precaution ready. Like I had every, and the arm just snapped off anyway, like balsa wood. Like it was, and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. And at that moment I said, I'm looking into this and I'm not just looking into it from the perspective of what's the company doing wrong. I'm also trying to look at it from the perspective of why are our fellow toy collector fans out there in the community so addicted to these, even though they know they're getting smacked around with every purchase? Like, what's up with that? That's why I called it the depravity of necophilia, because <laughs> it was this whole idea that people are still buying you know, for 30, 35, 40 bucks a pop, these designer action figures that are not actually action figures. They're simulations of action figures. Um, those joints aren't meant to be moved. That bubble isn't meant to be removed from the figure itself or separated. Um, and uh, when I was doing my digging around, I found out that and I, and I, when I say digging around, this wasn't like all the president's men. Like, it didn't take me a secret source and meeting in parking garages to figure this out. It was like within seven minutes, I was like, oh, my God, NECA is classified as a distributor or a wholesaler of non-durables. Which I know there's a lot of people who just want their plastic men, but it's like I have never heard of a toy company that classified itself that way. Toys are durables. In the U.S. economy, toys are durables, non-durables, toothpaste, hemorrhoid cream, potatoes, things with milk, things with an expiration date. Like that, all of our vintage toys from when we were kids are under companies that were classified as durables. And look, I'm still surrounded by all of them. Like they're all still here. Ne NECA stuff like it. If a Kenner figure from Star Wars right now or a He-Man figure is already kind of tacky because it's 40 years old, NECA toys will look like cocaine dust <laughs> by the time we get 40 years from now. So, yeah. Well, we know what Joe's going to be doing when he's an old man. He's going <laughs> to be snorting all of his figures. That's why I haven't taken these out of their packaging yet. Because I, I, I don't want to go through like with the Phantom figure. That was the right. stiffest NECA figure I have ever owned. Mm -hmm. and, and that's only... what's scary you shouldn't have to worry about that because like you said uh, some people were saying well these figures aren't meant to be played with but you know what they're at least meant to be displayed to where you mm -hmm. think you shouldn't have to worry about moving an arm without it breaking right it's if... that's kind of ridiculous i mean other figures yeah. you could play slam do whatever but it's like can i at least move that head <clears throat> and without thinking oh that's gonna snap this will break and oh i gotta buy another one. Oh, will they replace this will mm -hmm. people get upset if i talk about it but you want to talk about it because you'd hope that NECA and companies like that hear that and think okay maybe we should try to improve upon what we're doing and did they ever ever get back with you were you blocked from them or anything at all they don't appear they don't appear to have blocked me on Twitter despite the needling that I've given them since I did that video. Um, I even dropped one today on them um, because I saw that they had in their store they were selling Rocky three figures um, or Rocky figures from the different Rocky movies and I'm like, well, this brings well into focus Drago's line of I must break you NECA toys doing Rocky um, 
and I, I like to, you know, bomb throw at them just a little bit. I'm not trying to troll them in any way. I'm trying to get them to address the issue. Um, my thing is, and I, 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 I credit the Star Wars prequels for giving me this revelation years ago as a fan. Uh, I hated those movies. And, yeah, the piece of uh, shit. Yeah. And, uh, but what it taught me was a valuable lesson. It taught me, and I mean this, I'm not even trying to set up for sarcasm. It, it, it taught me that the sum of your personality should not be wrapped up in an external IP. In other words, your self-worth as a human being should not be about a logo or a franchise or if you have all the things from some thing or if you've been the first one in line at the midnight showing of a movie. Because I was like at that point I go, yeah, I've – I, you know what? Star Wars is not me. Star Wars is an interest. It's not me. But I've been told by people who agree that, wow, what NECA's – NECA does and what they continue to do and ignore the co the consumer, it's bad. But then they say in the next breath, but I just, when I see that Back to the Future logo or I see that Ninja Turtles logo, I just have to get it. I have to have it. And I'm like, look, man, that's fine for you to admit that. And I'm not, tr I'm not sitting here judging you or thinking less of you, but I am going to tell you objectively that you saying that doesn't solve the problem because all it does is galvanize NECA further. NECA doesn't have to change because you're not hitting them in the wallet. It, 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 I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about an, um, an emotional boycott. This is like the Ford Pinto. I mean, this is like, if you want this to change, you really have to step back and cross your arms and say, as a collective group, NECA, we're not going to part from our money again until you fix these issues. Um, it's important to us. It should be important to you as a customer. And what's odd is that we've hit this inflection point as a generation of consumers where, and I don't know if it's just limited to toys, but it seems like the majority of our generation, and, and again, all of us, all of us were born in the perfect storm of perfected predatory marketing. Like we were the kids that had the serial tie-in and we had, by the end of our, our, our childhood, we had the video game tie-in, we had the commercials, we had the cartoon, we had the, the merch you know, for the toys themselves, we had the coloring books, we had the this, that, we had all of it just hitting us. Collect them all, you know, trade with friends, you know, like all that stuff. So it's, I know as adults, a lot, of, a lot of people are sitting around going, uh, I don't know how to not be that, that person. And it's like that's the only way that companies like NECA are going to change the game. But, but now we're in a place where, see, before the company had to put the customer first. 30, 35, 40 years ago, customer came first. Now it's flipped and they pay lip service to it. They're like, you know, Hasbro Pulse, where the fans come first. I saw what happened on Friday, all right? I'm not blind, okay? That was a train wreck that, that happened. The, not only did your fans not come first, your premium Pulse subscribers didn't even come first. And yet, a lot of toy collectors in our generation now default to, no, I... No, we really got to be supportive of those guys at Hasbro and NECA and Mattel. They're our friends. <laughs> and it's like, 
<laughs> are yeah are you on crack yeah i don't they're not our, they're not our friends i don't understand like, why uh people continue to do that or also why these companies and we've said this a million times on the show why these companies still insist that these toys that they're putting out are for kids they're not they're not they are right. they are for us yeah i yeah. it's it's amazing how people just have that brand loyalty especially when uh the the marvel movies were pumping out twice a year and then like dc is mm -hmm. trying to come in i'm like you guys don't have to that's not you as you said before people want to just make that their entire identity and yes all of us have toys behind us in mm -hmm. our rooms but that's not who we are completely i it, it made a lot of really good points there well th there's a there's a there's a two um a two-faced argument that happens uh, that you that you just kind of mentioned you didn't make the argument but i heard the phrase the phrasing in there so it, it triggered my memory so i wanted to address it have you ever noticed how like let's take gi joe classified wave one when gi joe classified wave one was announced and they showed the pictures of you know gi Fortnite, like it was just all these like power ranger looking characters the crit if you criticized that the argument that would come back was these are toys for kids. They're trying to appeal to kids. And right now the aesthetic is different. And these are for kids. Oh, oh, really? Because they're 20 bucks a piece and really hard to find. And now they're 24 bucks a piece and really hard to find. Because, oh, you know, but let's just take it at wave one prices. 20 bucks a piece. G.I. Joe. Kids don't even know what G.I. Joe is anymore because it's been gone for over a half decade. And they're really hard to find. But they're going to tell you, the, 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 the other fans, not Hasbro, the other fans are going to come back on you and say, they're for kids, you big jerk. These are for children. That, Why are you the Hasbros, playing? right? Yes, that would be the Hasbros. <laughs> but if we talk about NECA and we complain about the problems with NECA and how they're not playable and how they're not poseable and how they shatter, the argument the same people throw at you is, those aren't for kids, they're for adults. Yeah. Those are adult collectibles. What's wrong with you? And it's like, you need to pick an argument. <laughs> yeah. They pick people an don't know argument how anymore though like right. they just see why I, I break it down to a product is a product is a product is a product regardless of who it's going to kids or adults or or whatever the thing about vintage toys they were designed for kids and they're still appealing to adults mm -hmm. so either way the product has to be quality yeah and and, and yet these fans yeah, and these fans are like doing mental gymnastics. We're like, well, well, no. In this case, we can give the company a mulligan because uh, this is actually for kids. Who's who told you that? What? Do you really think any kid found a major blood? Yeah. No. <laughs> was it a was it a seven year old named Connor who paid ten grand for that one on eBay? No. Like. <laughs> Going back to what you said about the Star Wars prequels, was there a point in your life, because I I was the same way, and Tyler was as well, because uh, the both of us would go to these midnight screenings and everything all the time, and very critical, this movie was really awesome, or it was really, really bad. Did you reach a point where, I don't want to say none of it mattered, but you just didn't care as much? You're just like, alright, whatever, it's bad, I, you move on with your life? Yeah, that's what happened after Attack of the Clones, <laughs> where I I, I, I wish out. I could have done that. Uh, well, I I saw I saw Phantom Menace in the theater fourteen times. I have all. Oh my 14. god! All right, all right. I have to stop you there because <laughs> yeah, I never I've never admitted this. Maybe Nathan knows this. I have seen Phantom Menace fourteen times in theaters. <laughs> huh. I've never admitted that to anybody. I'm like when you said it, I'm like 
there's uh-huh. somebody else out there who saw that piece of shit as many times as I did. Uh-huh. Because you God. were trying, you were trying to figure out what you thought you hadn't figured mm-hmm. out. Yeah. You were trying to. That's what I was doing. I was sitting there going, "What did I miss?" It's got. There's George Lucas is a genius. As of 1999, he was the grand poobah genius, and it was like, "There's got to be something I missed." And 14 times later, nope. So I go to. I was living in L.A. for Attack of the Clones. And I went on opening weekend, not the first day, it was like Saturday. I went on a matinee to the Grauman's Chinese Theater, the big famous weekend yeah. to, to see Attack of the Clones. And it was a great theater experience because it's a great theater. But the movie, we all know, um, was coarse and irritating <laughs> and it got everywhere. Yeah. So when I'd be talking about Samuel L. Jackson, that line, this party's over, I was like, motherfucker, I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so I, we walk out, and a former friend of mine was standing next to me, you know, and I'm standing on Cary Grant's handprints or whatever. And he goes, uh, so, Michael, what'd you think? And I just looked at him, and I said, Star Wars is dead. I'll see you guys next week or whatever. And I just went to my car. And that was that was the last thing. And then I just started. But that was when I, I started to healthily, um, emotionally divorce myself from it's and, and that's the thing. Some fanboys, they think, well, if you're not actively loving it in the present with whatever they're making, then you're just not engaged. And it's like, no, I can still yeah. totally love I can still totally love all of these toys here and and my experiences with those. And I can love even some new stuff that comes out like um, the Marauders Task Force figures that I customized into the cast of the old TV show Combat. I had so much fun doing that. And those are modern products. You know, I was really enjoying myself. But I I am a Star Wars fan, for example. I'm a He-Man fan. But I don't have to be a fan of everything, yeah. you know. As, as much as I appreciated um, the attempt they made in the early aughts with the new He-Man animated show, I hated the action figures. I thought they all looked like hunchbacked incense smokers. Like, I thought they are all, you know, they're, you know, like... I thought they all looked real bad. My brother loved them. My brother was a He-Man fan from the original series. He had, you know, all the vintage toys when we were growing up. He loved the the, the four horsemen He-Man figures. So that was within the same family. There was one guy who was like, yeah, and there was another guy who was like, yeah, and well, it's, it's pretty a, uh, widely accepted that yes, definitely He-Man and Skeletor are the ones that suffered with that hunchback. The, and uh-huh. the, they're the flagships. That's the main hero, main villain. They shouldn't have suffered from that. Other figures, I mean, they had really good sculpts, and at least it's not. It wasn't like using the same buck body over and over. So no. you could see the the artistic freedom of the Four Horsemen. And I don't know if you own many of them or any of them, but I don't. I highly suggest those stactions. You got to get some of those stactions that are in the background. Well, we're done by those are, yeah, made by Neck. Yeah, but but. But, but those are great. And hey, just to give you a story about NECA back in the day, I mean, it definitely was quality because a few episodes ago, I was setting up for the show and my web store action fell and I didn't want it to fall and hit the ground. So I tried to use my foot to catch it because I had something else in my hand. And I stopped it from breaking, but it sliced right into my toe, and blood was pouring out. And on the show, everybody got to see the Band-Aid. It was, it was a crazy thing, but... That's some good quality because WebStore has his appendages from the back mm-hmm. that are very kind of thin. And surprisingly, that didn't break because, I mean, it hit, sliced into my foot, still popped onto the ground, didn't break. So, I mean, at one point, there was some good quality. But I do suggest well, if you don't have any of those. We all know Jitsu was notorious for breaking. Oh, that you know, was so, the heartbreaker. So my, yeah, my, my, that just adds to Michael's 
uh, you know, floor that, that there. was so a suck one. If you never seen Jitsu way back steps, then too. Mm-hmm. yeah, his, his ponytail that unfortunately to almost every single person in package arrived, snapped off. If you were a lucky person like me, not that I'm bragging, but my Jitsu thank God didn't break, but that ponytail didn't break, but almost all of them in the package broke. And it was really, it's, it's a thinner type of way they sculpted it. But mm-hmm. you'd think with those stuff you're talking about, especially when you're trying to pose and doing the heating up method that all of us customizers know and most people know, you figure that should move. You should never have to worry about an arm breaking. Right. And when that breaks, like you, you're kidding me. That should not happen. No, and that's what I'm talking about when it comes to just, it's not about not caring. Like, I care enough about Star Wars that I still collect stuff from the classic trilogy, vintage stuff. I made a big purchase for my vintage collection just a few weeks ago. Um, and I care about keeping up with it. Like, I just got the collection of the Mandalorian retro figures just to see what they were like, to see if they'll integrate into the Kenner collection pretty well, you know? And I'll review them for the channel and everything else. But as far as, like, NECA's concerned, it, to me, it's just common sense. I go, NECA's making terrible products, so I'm not going to buy any more of them, and I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Hasbro is making products that nobody can find, and they're abusing the fans that are paying into their premium service, who also aren't getting them. That's predatory corporate shenanigans. I don't want to support that with you know my dollars. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to continue to support any products that I happen to find in stores that I want. But I don't, I don't want everything. Right. So that's kind of how I psychologically divorce and separate myself from these habits that we've all gotten into as the collect them all generation. I think it's healthy. People need to. Sorry, Joe. I I think it's healthy that people need to really start kind of having that mentality of you're not going to find everything. You shouldn't need to pay premium prices and go on eBay all the time just because you have to have it. You really don't. Right. You really don't. Yeah, you really shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, for real. Well, it's like your uh, your video that you did a couple weeks ago with the uh, what is it? Uh, the fi- rise of evil. No, Japan? the the final faction or whatever. The Dollar oh, Tree oh, figures. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. liked what you had to say that you you felt nostalgia for these already because you went mm-hmm. to the store, they were on the shelf, and they were only a dollar, and it made you yeah, feel like and a then, kid again. Yeah, and the number of people who responded to that with pictures on Twitter and Instagram and everything else going, Michael, I ran off to my Dollar Tree and I found them all just hanging on the pegs and they were a dollar and I was able to buy as many as I wanted and I was able to do this through the through the different pegs, you know, looking for characters. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's amazing how nostalgic those motor actions are that we haven't enjoyed yeah. for at least seven or eight years, maybe more. no. Probably going all the way back to... It's probably like mid-2000s, I feel like that's mid-2000s. when it started. Mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and also, you know, when the when a lot of these companies abandoned three and three-quarter inch for more six-inch dominant scales, that also uh, takes volume out of the toy aisle because you're not being able to put as many in there and they're 20 bucks a piece. I mean, you're literally just pushing the kids out of the market at that point. It's like, you know, why... Yeah, I, yeah people don't yeah. think about that because if, if mm-hmm. kids these days are getting allowances like we did when we were kids, like, oh, here's five bucks a week. Back then, right. we could buy something with that $5. You now, could buy a G.I. They, Joe for five bucks. Now they have yes. to save for yes. over a month if they if they really are into G.I. Joe and then hope that it's there on the shelf. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's sad. Yeah. It's depressing. Mm-hmm. And and they could turn this stuff around if they wanted to. Like, they could, they could start because... 
I keep coming back to this in conversations I have with people, but I, I, I was given an alert just yesterday for a figure two pack um, of Doc and Marty from the 1950s from Playmobil. And it didn't have a price until I clicked on it because it was like an ad like in my social media feed. It was like, hey, th- you know, the brand new Playmobil 1955 Marty and Doc. And I'm like, oh. I was, and then I was cynical and I was like, what is this, $24.99? And I clicked on it and it was like $8.99. And I'm like, $8.99 is the equivalent of $169 from when we were kids. Like, it's like seeing $8.99 is like, what? And I get two figures and a bunch of accessories? Playmobil to me and Lego to a degree are the smoking gun for why I feel like all of Hasbro's arguments about why they do things the way they do is garbage. Like, and and they bank on the Hasbro's and the people like that to just back them up out in the social media space. Well, no, when it comes to price, like, you know, when you're talking about price sometimes, because that's the thing. I think it was last week and Nathan looked it up for me. I said I was at a Walmart. And I was just I'll be right down back, Just keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, there was this one spot where I looked, and I seen this giant military like helicopter, mm-hmm. and inside it was another vehicle, and in the pack was another vehicle and another one, and four characters. Every vehicle, you push a button, lights came on, made sounds. All of this giant, and just to let you know, that helicopter is almost two foot wide. That nice. was only $19, $19 for all of it. I was like, see? I mean, it's like you were saying, how can you justify these prices? Look at this. You're getting yeah. four vehicles, four characters, sounds, lights, all that for 19 bucks. I think I would, I would have collapsed if I was a kid seeing yeah. that and getting yeah. that. I was, I was visiting, uh, Melinda and I were visiting uh, her parents one Christmas uh, out of state. And um, I, I went with her, her dad to the Walmart just to run an errand. And I walked in, and I, of course, did a you know a drive by the toy aisle out of habit. Mm-hmm. And there was this massive, massive airplane, this military airplane um, from Lenard's The Core line, sitting there in a box. I mean, it was literally like the wingspan was like like this wide, and it looked like a B twenty five Mitchell. Yes, with um, with the uh, jet engines and stuff. Nineteen ninety nine, and it came with a figure, and it had lights and sounds. And I, I bought it on principle. I was like, I want this just to be able to say I got a big old vehicle for nineteen ninety nine. I'll link you that thing from Walmart because I think on principle you might buy this thing. Like I said, mm-hmm. you're getting four vehicles, four characters, and all yep. that. It's like you won't believe that. And you could just ramble about that on a retro blasting episode. But I was yeah. going to say, I, I haven't given Tyler any uh, chance to ask you questions or anything. So, Tyler, you want to hit him up? Go ahead. Wait, let's interrupt Tyler again and just uh, get on another. No, go ahead. Yeah, I just flip it over. <laughs> this podcast is over. I'm out of here. <laughs> Yes, go to hell. No, uh, Michael, I've been a fan of your work for uh, not not the very beginning, but not, mm-hmm. not, probably not too far from it. Um, uh, I think the video that I – and I, I really wanted to take time to thank you for like a couple of videos that I – and I go back and rewatch your videos a lot. Oh, I mean, thank like you. Multiple times because some mm-hmm. of them I just thoroughly enjoy. Um, hell, one of them influenced me to buy the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves playset that I wanted as a kid. Right. I'm like, after watching your video, I'm like, I want to display my 25th anniversary GI Joes with that playset. So uh-huh. to this day, I've told I've told Nathan about it. I've made reference on the podcast, but I never said why I got it. And I got it from watching your video about encouraging people to buy that for your Jedi figures or whatever, because yes. I, I just wanted something fun and I always wanted that playset when I was a kid. 
Yeah, it's a great playset. It's, oh, it's God. A, it's a it, huge yeah. improvement. Huge improvement. Yeah. Just putting those uh, those trees on there and changing the colors up, it makes a big difference on there. It's, Massive. it's a great playset. Yep. Um, yep. But to kind of play into that, your uh, video on playsets mm-hmm. with the building blocks and the blanket. Yep. That hit. That was like, okay, I like this guy. Like that was the video because that was my playsets. I had Grayskull Snake Mountain as hand me downs, but that was it. So, using my mom's uh, comforter, mm-hmm. or using the stairs, or a bag of building blocks that my babysitter had was how I created playsets. And when you did that, I'm like, I couldn't believe there's somebody else out there that mm-hmm. went to the same way. I'm like, and it was so specific: a blanket and building blocks. Like son of a bitch, man. Like that was my mm-hmm. playsets too, and. Do you, and I used it with G.I. Joe's pretty much the majority of the time because G.I. Joe's could work into damn near anything. Yeah, I never um, had um, I never had play sets for G.I. Joe's. The only play set I had in childhood was the Ewok Village. And um, I ended up not using it for, you know, a, a lot of reasons. I used blocks and blankets and uh, features in the house. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about a blanket is, and and building blocks too, but, you know, in both instances... Blankets and blocks don't have tabs that break or things that pop off them or parts to lose or and so you just keep working with them and they're they are not a concern for a little kid like they're not going to be something where you're going to be like oh no this snapped in half you know like like because Castle Grayskull and uh, Snake Mountain they look cool when they're complete but like Snake Mountain's manacles snap off and you can't as a kid you can't put them back on and the 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 sound thing starts to get wonky because maybe the batteries explode or something. So it's I'm not I love good playsets. I love good playsets, but the blanket and the blocks are indestructible, like for a kid, and they do infinitely more. So yeah. I have to bring out my Snake Mountain next week just to use the voice thing because I did it last year. It still works. I might be one of those you know lucky people, but I did have to say something. I was yeah. telling Tyler about this. Uh, the first time I was introduced to one of your videos was, you know, it was on YouTube and I seen that you were talking about some of the golden books, which shocked me because I was like, oh, yeah. how many people talk about the Masters of the Universe Golden Books? I was like, this is my time to be a dickhead to Michael because when I was watching your video, it was cool, but I have a pet peeve about a particular artist that every time I say Tyler's like, oh, fuck, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Gino Chile, and he's somebody whose art on the covers sometimes is confused with Earl Norum. Mm-hmm. And so when you did the video, you were showing like all the books you showed, almost all of them were Geno's and you referred to Earl. And I was going to say, should I tell him that's Geno? I was like, no, I'll probably sound like a dickhead. He doesn't know me. I sound like an asshole. So do it live so now that, when he can see it here. And, and he- yeah, so now that you know me and we go to each other's shit, I was like, he fucked that up. That's Gino Diacili. So had to let you know because I'm a lunatic when it comes to the art and historian stuff of Masters. So you should uh, just randomly so- on your next video now just bring that up. I mean, yeah, I I never would have thought based on your appearance that you're a lunatic. I never would have. I never no, would have. He's more than no. just that, sir. Yeah. I mean, uh, so he's here's the bomb. deal. With, he's a hobo. He's a dumpster diver. Here's the here's the deal with that. Okay. Fans ultra fans of things like that go deep in on one thing in your case it's masters of the universe in some people's cases as i found it's jason the wheeled warriors there's a super fan for everything out there all right one guy who runs the digital bits nice guy bill hunt he's a super fan of physical media 
He's been plugged in for 20 years to the Blu-ray releases. No. He's got friends at all the studios. He's probably about to reach a really dark point in his life right now, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. There's. Oh, you talking about the decline? Yeah, of physical, physical media. media just disappearing. Well, guys, detail. guys like yeah, guys like him and I are holding the line, but we'll see how long it lasts. Um, and then after that, I just won't watch TV anymore. Um, <laughs> well, you'll have enough but, movies uh, that you won't need to, right? Right. Exactly. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, I was. There was a video I did about the 4K release of Star Wars right before it happened, and. I had been doing all kinds of research trying to find information to verify certain things I was going to say in that video. The internet gives you a lot of information if you're if you look hard enough, but it doesn't necessarily give everybody the same results on the search engine based on your previous search searches. So True. your Google algorithm is different from mine, which is different from Tyler's, which is like, it, they're, they're all slightly different. All right. Even when you search for six hours, the specs for the 4k set had not been released by Disney and, and Disney of course is their dicks about stuff. And so they don't put the, the information out like other businesses do. They think they're above all that. Yeah. So when I finally, oh, yeah, when they're dicks. So when I finally released the video, I had released it with information that was collected from even the most granular searches and message boards on High Def Digest and Blu-ray.com and everything like that, to the best of my knowledge, because the digital bits also didn't have the information, which is the first place I would have gone to. Video comes out. Suddenly... People are blowing up Bill Hunt, who I've never spoken with before until this moment, saying that I was saying stuff that was wrong. Now, here's the thing. I never made definitive statements in that video. I literally, and I quote, said, is it this? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? We don't know. That's literally what I said. But of course, the internet being, you know, perennially, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. They... They, they listen to what they want to hear, and then they, they go run to outrage, and, and they go crazy. So I get into this direct message conversation with Bill because he's making posts saying, no, retroblasting's wrong about that, and they're wrong, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I was like, in a private message with Bill Hunt, I was like, dude, I'm only as right as the, as the information allows me to be. He's like, well, that information's out there. And I told him, I'd never spoken to the guy before, and he's a hero of mine, all right? This guy's a hero of mine. I said, Bill, the information is out there for you. You make a phone call or send a text message and you get information, which, by the way, Bill, you didn't have that information until, like, less than 10 days, which was after this video dropped. You didn't even have the information on your own website outlining th these, these issues, uh, until less than 10 days before the release. So, so, Bill, you need to acknowledge that you're more plugged into this than, than anybody. Your idea of that information's out there is very different from my idea of that information's out there. Oh, so true, now, and that's so, the thing. It's uh, Right, so now well, we're going just... br <laughs> to bring it around. We're going to bring it around to the storybooks now, okay? So, yeah, yeah. I, I I completely forgot we were talking about yeah. that. Well, no, like, I, I, was I, like, I put a pin in that because I I'm, I went around my Go ass ahead. to get to my elbow to make a point. All right, <laughs> so so when I was doing the research for the storybooks video, I was looking up who did the artwork and who did this and who did that. 
Earl Norum's name kept coming up on websites and images that probably weren't Norum's covers were being used in conjunction with those with those and that's why i didn't give you a shit because just to let you know you're right there are a lot of people that are asses about stuff like when i seen you say that it didn't me it didn't make me think when i was watching your video this guy's a fucking idiot you know i still watch your videos and liked all the other stuff i seen but i knew because here's the thing even tyler he didn't know he first when he first seen him he thought it was earl and i said tyler look closely you can tell the difference in style and he's like i can see it now and here's the reason i became so obsessive on the art that when i was finally able to get on the internet which was pretty much after most people after you met me <laughs> yeah yeah it's like then he got on the internet but yeah i used to get online with my sega dreamcast i never had a computer so that's how i used to get online but i was like I know this art's different, not only because I could tell with the style, but I was like, I'm not seeing the name Norm on any of these ones. So I started looking when I first got the chances, I started looking up fantasy artists. I was trying a different way to search because you're right. When you would type in that, everybody thought it was Earl Norm. In fact, when they released the Art of He-Man book, and I was a part of that, and I don't know why I didn't tell everybody. I was like, Gino Diacilli did these, and I forgot to mention that. He never got credit in the art book. So it isn't your fault. It's nobody's fault because most people look at that. They think it's Earl's. And it was just my obsessive search for art because I was such a nut about it and still am for Masters. Mm-hmm. I was able through fantasy, able to find, I was like, wait, that's the fucking guy. It's, his name's Gino. I, I was like losing my shit. And then I started telling everybody. So again, I don't fault you. And I was just giving you a hard time. But there no. are some dicks that if you don't get it right, will go fucking nuts at you. And I, I don't do that. But it's unfortunate people do that. I'm very aware of those people. <laughs> like, like I've, I've had more than a few rope-a-dopes with them uh, over yeah. the years. Um, but I'm sorry, Tyler. You were you were saying you were. I think you were you were setting up for another question or something. So no, no. Uh, I I also wanted to uh, praise you for the army builders video that oh, you did. Thank you. I love because that's something that I it, it meant a lot to me because as a kid I had one. If I had any any various uh, various viper or trooper, mm-hmm. it was always one one foot soldier, one uh, range viper, one saw viper, one of anything. So mm-hmm. it was just cool to like to see that those feelings of what you would go through as a child. Like a video is talked about in very great detail of all the lines, why army builders were not available when we were kids. You know, it was just like it was a very nostalgic feeling to watch, and I've watched it. Those two videos I've watched probably more than any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I just was like, I really wanted to thank you for those and your praise for Dick Tracy as well. Yes. You know, mm. I uh, we're, we're Dick Tracy fans on this podcast. I don't know about Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe probably not. Joe doesn't know what movies are. No, Joe, he Joe is too. Tracy Joe is, is too busy or... forensically looking at brush strokes on old storybook covers to uh, pay attention <laughs> yeah, to movies. Much. Like a maniac yeah, sitting much. there in his underwear with his Popeye's chicken all over the floor. Yeah. In the, uh... This Mark, isn't Earl Norum. This is not Earl Norum. Uh, Joe's told you about the hookers <laughs> that he has in the basement, right? Have you guys had that conversation before? I don't know how close <laughs> well, you guys are. How he's did... pretty carefree about it. How did... I mean, he's not? He doesn't shy away from. How it, did but... you guys like? Uh, to come to uh, start talking. I don't really know much about the history of that at all. Oh, it was, it was Lyo Convoy. We both have a mutual friend okay. with Lyo Convoy. So, yeah, Lyo and I go back a few years. And um, in internet time, it's like dog years. It's like people tell me, I'll, I'll say out loud sometimes, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Lyo and I have been talking for like five years. And then Thomas will be like, actually, we you were on my show for the first time in 2019. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Like it feels because there's so much water under the bridge on social media day by day. 
um, when you're in these trenches. And um, yeah, so time flies. He's pretty opinionated as well. He's a friend of ours as, mm-hmm. as well. So we yeah. just, uh, I, I, I enjoy him uh, being so uh, overly opinionated and I, I embrace the hell out of it, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. And sure. that's why I love listening to your, your rants about current Star Wars, mm-hmm. current product, you know, fans attacking, you know, the old school guys who like, no, we like we like the quality. If this mm-hmm. modern stuff was quality, then we'd love it just as much. I love rewatching those videos of just pretty much making fun of these people who are just being, you know, modern day assholes and just right. thinking if you don't like the current stuff, well, then you're not a real fan. I'm like, I ain't got time for that shit. But I love how many you've done of, mm-hmm. about people attacking the vintage, the original Star Wars. Well, to me, they're all, I'm sorry, they're not original. They are the fucking trilogy. I don't right. acknowledge anything other than the right. Mandalorian. Right. But uh, there's this there's this prevailing attitude in fandom right now in, in a lot of different pop culture areas, not video games or most movies, only certain movie franchises and then toys and cartoons um, where if you're not being positive about everything, mm-hmm. then you're doing the whole community a disservice. And if it's not something that's positive, you shouldn't open your mouth and say anything about it. And the problem with that is that it it has a cascade effect where it rots the integrity of our entire community because we're not dealing with issues. Like we're not, and I don't just mean the toy company issues. I mean like we're not dealing with issues of honesty within the social media constructs that we as fans have built. Like we as fans built the the social media pop culture uh, system on the internet. Like all the channels that talk about movie news and toy news and, you know, do the history documentaries about all of our favorite stuff. The guys that are doing, you know, I'll get into that in a minute because I just almost went off on a tangent, but we, we are, we all built that. And yet right after we built it, all the people who consume it, just like they consume the action figures are like, well, we don't want you to police it. We don't want you to actually keep it the quality of that up we just want you to sweep that under the rug don't inconvenience me with with stuff that's going on and it's like you do realize this stuff affects you too oh oh or or did you put your head in the sand on in that one as well because you're just an ostrich you know i that's why i've i've gotten to a point where they're gonna smack they're gonna smack you around anyway so they might as well you might as well do the right thing or do what you feel needs to be done and get smacked than not do anything and still get smacked cuz they're going to find a reason to smack you. And I don't mean to I don't mean to be negative. I'm just saying that that's the way the internet works. Like yeah. that's yeah. you know. That's what so. we've always uh, prided ourselves with on this show uh, because you know, we're getting the the Kevin Smith Master Universe mm-hmm. Netflix show next month. And the three Still of no us fucking trailer for that have all say. have all been kind of vocal about. Well, we're not so sure uh, that looks like shit. I don't know about this. And right. We've always been that way on this show. We're mm-hmm. never gonna hold back. We're always yeah. gonna be honest. And you know, if you like it, that's cool. If you hate it, that's fine too. Like, the, mm-hmm. there's no need to for us to sit here and pretend like stuff's just. I look. Technicolor all the time. Like it's yeah, things are gonna be bad. I've got no problem as a person with people who present themselves honestly, whatever they are, mm-hmm. whatever their interest is. So I I said this on Patreon a few months ago 
but I'll just say it here right now as well. This will be this will be my my public statement on it, just to reinforce what I'm trying to say. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Pixel Dan at Retro ToyCon two years ago for the first time. I never met the guy before. Um, I didn't know whether or not he was playing a character like AVGN on his show. I didn't know. Like I wasn't sure. Um, had nothing. Had no problem with the guy. We've never fought. I had a genuinely great time meeting him, going around the con with him. There's no butt coming in the story. Um, he is genuinely the person that we see on camera on his show. Mm -hmm. And he is the polar opposite of me. Like, he is a guy who, I, he wants to have good relationships with the big toy companies. He wants to be enthusiastic about all this stuff for the most part. He never wants to have a bad experience, but, you know, Walmart did push him too far last year, and he did do that one video, which I was like, come on, Dan, let the damn break. Come to our side. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but he didn't. But he's a, he is genuinely that guy. Like, that is who he is. It's not a front. It's, it's not a fake put on. That is Dan Erdley, right? Even though I would not make videos in his style because I have a different personality, even though I have a completely different take on how we as consumers should associate with these companies and how we should deal with these companies, um, I keep my focus on, on that because Dan Erdley, to the best of my knowledge, has not done anything dishonest. He's always been upfront and above board about who he is and what he does. You can't say that all the time about some of these other people who are, and I'm not even being veiled about it. I mean, there's a lot of different channels out there that are all trying to get the free loot crates mm -hmm. and the free this, yep, and they yeah. want the pop vinyls and they want this, and they, they do the, you know, yeah. in their thumbnails. So I was like, and it's like, <laughs> when I see a thumbnail, like, keep on scrolling yeah. like i'm not even gonna yeah um and that's where the rot comes in like that's where you know other channels like myself and analog toys and two cents and lyo convoy and sounds like you guys we're all trying to kind of hold the line of hey remember when we were all in the toy aisles together before some of us got diluted into thinking that corporations were going to be our friends yeah like i don't know i just have this attitude that reality is the sand lot Reality is not the secret of my success. Like, and I, and I, the secret of my success is the fantasy. The sandlot is the reality. And a lot of people have forgotten that. Yeah. That's a good uh, analogy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause what we do isn't different. You know, mm -hmm. what we're doing now of always being critical of anything or passionate, it's, you know, mm -hmm. of any fandom, it's what we've done since we were kids. I mean, when you like, you know, for Masters of the Universe, an example, you know, you look at the toys, the comics, and the cartoon, the movie, New Adventures. There have been changes all throughout the years on that, and some people thought stuff was shit. Some people loved all of it, but we still could always say, ah, don't really like that. But it's right. like nowadays you can't say that without people jumping on your throat like, be happy you're getting something. It's like, no, I'm not happy I'm getting something. I'd rather have nothing than this shit that I'm seeing. And like, when okay, now there's some people that are over positive about everything. Then there's people that are overly negative about it. But mm -hmm. like here on this, you know, on our channel, along with yours, it's like we're just giving the honest opinions because if these companies think everything is hunky dory and perfect, they will never change. They'll think, well, they like this shit. So let's keep giving this shit. Oh, and it gets worse and worse and worse. But if you speak up and say, hey, could you change maybe the designs on some of these heads? Could you do something about the breaking? Could you do something about packaging? Can you Whatever not steal Joe's be. ideas? Come on, Mattel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
copycat, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long as you're saying this stuff, it's like you'd hope that people hear it. That's why we say it, not to be asses, but we're passionate. We want the properties to be treated with as much love and respect as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say it. It's like when it comes to origins. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy we're getting them. I like them. But, yes, I was damn critical about the He-Man head sculpt and the Skeletor one. When they first came out, I was like, what in the hell was going on with this? I hate this. And there was a lot of the head sculpts I didn't like. Then there was some that was okay. And then when I spoke up, people were like, oh, Joe, come on. I think that's a great head sculpt. I was like, why is everybody fucking smiling? Skeletor's smiling. Now Hordak smiles. Beastman looks like he's smiling. Oh, let's give an alternate head where they're smiling. It's like, why is everything so happy? Can we just have a sinister? Can we have the looks how they're supposed to be? Skeletor's supposed to be the Lord of Destruction. Not you know the lore of the happiness. He, like, he man smile. wasn't. He man didn't look happy. He looked like he just shit his pants. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what we always say. Well, yeah, I'll weird. take that description. The villains, yeah. the villains almost got all smiles, and then He man has this just kind of weird look, and then it got even more shocked for the battle armor. It's like. How is his face worse? This is the main hero and the main villain. Could you at least get them right? So that's why I would speak up on that. Not to say, let the line end. I'm just like, can you make this better so hopefully the line could go on for more mm-hmm. years? It's not right. being critical to say go away. It's being critical because obviously looking back at me, looking back at Tyler, you, all of us, we love this and we want it to be as great as possible. That's the only reason we do this, not to be dicks. I I just had an idea from what you just said. Um, I feel I should express it because I need I need to share my joy with everybody. Um, they the the origins standard Skeletor head, the one that is pretty weird and you know the Surprise! Oh, yeah. That one. Oh god. Uh, I I finally endeared myself to it when somebody on Instagram. Took a photo of their class of, of their origin Skeletor riding their pet iguana, and he looked so happy riding this cool like <laughs> desert lizard or whatever, this real lizard. That I was like, that is the coolest photo I've ever seen. And suddenly that expression works. And so when you were talking, it took me a step further, and I went, oh, well, if I ever want to do a a um, pandering thumbnail from here on out, I don't have to use my face. I can just use Skeletor's. It is a silly pilot, yeah. Yeah. God. And then just to let you know, I think the reason they did that is to try to get across the meow that has become this stupid-ass fucking meme that, like I said, he has never said that ever in the history of the vintage comics, any of the books, any of anything, even the cartoons. Some people are like, well, I think he might have said it in this episode of Filmation. It's like, no, you heard a grunt where he went, meow. I was like, he's saying it now in these new comics like he's a 30s gangster. Like, meow, see, I'm going to get you. It's like, why is he saying this as a catchphrase? So that face looks like he's saying it, and I hate that fucking head. I hate meow in every one of these new mini comics. It's like, get that out of there. Just have a good story. But I know for these five pages, they write the worst crap imaginable. Oh, I hate those comics. I hate that head. Yeah, well, speaking of bad pages, though, let's let's – let's throw a fist into the Kevin Smith arena for a minute. When they announced that Kevin Smith was going to be doing this show, I look, people are, the people, my, my process in the morning is I wake up, I get myself something to drink, uh, non-alcoholic. And then I, although it's tempting, it might might be starting soon. Yeah. And then I, then I, then I check my messages and the messages are always, there's the Twitter messages, there's the Facebook retroblasting messages, there's my personal, there's the Instagram messages, and then my, my Gmail. And I have to check all of them to see what happened while I was sleeping. 
And that had occurred, you know, because I, you know, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith? And I wrote back to a few people and I said, I know you want to get what I think, but what I think is that Kevin Smith is a hype man. He's been a hype man for 15 years. Yep. For everything. Hollywood uses him as the 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 bridge to the nerds like it's and it's it's not it's not accurate it's not right i said kevin smith is not of the masters of the universe generation he is much more an earlier gen xer um yeah i guess he's into pop culture and whatever but i remember how old i was when i heard about this filmmaker making clerks he was a lot older than me okay so i said he's going to tell everybody what they want to hear to get excited but get ready because this thing is not going to be, you know, what was the only good line from Last Jedi where Mark Hamill says it's not going to go the way you think or something like that. Like, that's the one thing I've used because I so, can't use anything from that piece. Of no, shit I, 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 I only use it because it's not only meta for that movie and that trilogy. Like, it was almost like they didn't even realize they were they were com commenting on their own bullshit. But but it's it's also for this as well. It's like, yes. It's the the hype train, the PR entertainment industry hype train never goes the way you think. They're trying to get you excited to up the social media impression so you'll retweet, share, tag, and all that kind of stuff. But then once it actually comes out, they're going to start hemming and hawing and backpedaling and everything. Well, well, but you know, I mean, this is, was our plan all along, and uh, that makes it work. Like Kevin Smith was never our friend on this. But Michael, he, so he watches Marvel movies and he, and, he, and he cries afterwards and makes sure to post it on Instagram so people know just how invested he was. Yeah, well, if I wanted to watch somebody cry, I could watch any myriad of Star Wars fan channels when they do reaction videos, which I don't either. Yeah. Kevin Smith Kevin Smith's reaction to me is just is just as valuable as Star Wars Theory's reaction at the end of the day. It's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's like I'm gra I'm glad that you had an emotional reaction to it, and at least with Star Wars Theory, he's a fan that's just wanting to express something. With with Kevin Smith, it's always with an agenda, which is I am trying to promote my friend's thing. Like my friend is J.J. Abrams or Simon Pegg or whoever my friend was on The Force Awakens or whatever. Kevin Smith is always playing to his people in Hollywood. Look 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 I I, I did you a solid. By, by going out there with this to the nerd the nerd crowd. And he'll do it again. You watch, he'll do it again for G.I. Joe, for Snake Eyes and all that stuff. He will, oh, he will Well, that movie's fucked already anyway. It, it is, but I'm saying he will do it again. And he'll do it for his own thing in the hopes that other people will do it as well. Hmm. Anyway, sorry Tyler, you were gonna say something. No, no, I, I just it's so good to hear you say that about Kevin. Because that's how we that's my perception of this whole thing, the minute his name was attached to it, like this series is doomed mm -hmm. already. Like I mm -hmm. don't care what you got planned. You attach him to it because he hasn't made anything good since Dogma, and you know, right? It's, yeah, I, I don't like his. I don't like his style now. I don't think he's funny. I've mm -hmm. listened to him on this podcast. I don't think he's funny at all. I think he's just trying to work in a lot of bad, you know, dick jokes, and that's about the extent of his humor. So I'm, I've never heard him say anything positive about him. He's mentioned on his podcast once or twice, as I've said before, but he clearly showed he had no clue about 
anything about Masters of the Universe other than what he read on a Google search or trying to yeah. prep for an interview, and that's about it. So I'm you could see it in that I, I, one video where he's d- doing the preview of the transformation sequence with the audio, and he's just like got the figures and mashing them together and pretending. I'm like, ah, oh, like an it's idiot. So, it's so cringy. as if like this is what all of us who enjoy this stuff. This is what we do. We think that shit's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's just it's good to hear that you know outside of our box that you feel the exact same way you feel like this guy's just a snake oil salesman he's selling yeah. you shit he is he is he's 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 not even as charming as the wizard behind the curtain like no. he's he's he, but but that's the other thing too it's i don't resent i don't resent kevin smith because he's told us who he is for so long what i get irritated by is the constant um self-inflicted denial and stupidity of many of the people in our world about Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith says something, they all get excited, they squee, they jump, they run to they run to their social media and it's like guys, have some dignity, reclaim your bounty, wait for the first episode to actually appear, then make an assessment. Right now you're contributing to their PR impressions report for this quarter. Mm-hmm which is what all these flacks have to hit to give to their boss so that they, you know, make their targets for what they said they were going to make on this. Um, it, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith is what he is. I just don't know why our generation hasn't leveled up to realize that on mass. And that that's my issue. When you said, uh, and I'm always the outsider real quick, just to, not to cut you off, oh, you're but yeah, you know, I always do. don't mean to, <laughs> but, uh, I am the one person in the click here and Tyler and Nathan always like, give me shit. I've never seen one of Kevin Smith's movies. So I knew nothing about him. Any of the stuff he's really done is kind of character traits until, you know, they were talking about him. I was like, I don't know this guy. And I was like, does he know masters of the universe? And then I thought people were saying he even said openly that he didn't like it or didn't know it. Or what was it? Something like that. Nathan Tyler, where it was on a comic book episode or something where he said he's that? mentioned it on his Batman podcast with Paul Dini was on there. Um, it's brought up once or maybe twice on comic book men. Um, he's mentioned it in the roadhouse commentary, but he never says that he thought it was a cool idea or that were cool looking characters or ever watched the cartoon. It's just addressing bits of trivia for the situation. He's more focused on. It's not, Hey, I, w- I was a big Conan fan or I, I thought it was a, a great, nothing like that. That's why I don't trust him at all to be selling us anything more than, like Michael said, they grabbed him to hype it up to people that they think appro- take his word for approval, which is why he was always attached to all the Star Wars prequels. Right. He said Revenge of the Sith was great. Well, damn it, man, it must be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then after then after Force Awakens was about to come out, he suddenly reversed his whole opinion of the prequels because he's like, these are the movies we've been waiting for, guys. These are the movies that are going to fix it all. Oh, my God. Where's my check? And it's like, money, money. Yeah, where's okay. my check? Yeah, it's... It's so it's not even I don't even it's it's not a conspiracy. It's not it's not something where you even have to look at it and go, you know, adjust your eyes. It's like a hidden picture at the mall. It's like, no, it's it's that out front. He's not much in the same way that I just talked about how, um, you know, even if you don't agree with somebody, what's important is that they're up front about who and what they are and they don't hide anything. Kevin Smith doesn't hide who or what he is, and that's what scares me the most is that so many people 
love him for it. Like it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like Alan Rickman's line in Prince of Thieves, where he's like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Robin Hood steals money from my, my pocket, pocket, forcing me to hurt the public, and they love him, love him for it. it. And 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 again, that's <laughs> Kevin Smith. It's like it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Kevin Smith hypes things to get nerds riled up and then consistently pulls the rug out from under them when the thing actually launches just so that he could get a built-in audience for the launch of the first episode and they love him for it. Like, God, I love that. That is beautiful, man. Joe, we do some, make, make an image of Alan Rickman and, and Kevin Smith. Do an amalgam of that if you listen to this, bud. That, I'll be that back is, in 10 that, seconds. I, I, all right. <laughs> I absolutely love that because I, I just – I feel like a lot of times people just think all we're doing is just shitting on this new series that's coming up. I'm like I don't know why we're Joe just following that. what's being presented. Yeah, he, oh, well, right, no, well, it just like on but, the screen for everybody at home, it just uh, popped up like Skype logos and stuff. So I don't know why he did oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I but, have a uh, question for you. What's your problem with fucking Stridor? Why would you pick on Stridor? Go ahead, Michael. Tell me. What don't you like about Strider? That one video I watched, I was like, what's he doing? He's saying it's, it's just it's a statue. It doesn't move. I was like, well, Battle Cat doesn't move. Look, Strider, you move the tail. You can move the gun. You can move this helmet. You can move these. Come on. What the hell's going on? There, I just had to do that. Well, it, well, his he's a horse whose legs don't move, and a horse is legs with a back that you sit on. So if the legs well, don't Well, Battle move, Cat's legs don't move, damn it. Now, why are you picking on Strider? Say something nice about him Battle right Cat now. was a Battle Cat was a big gym toy that got repainted he was just hey, supposed to be a wild tiger say right? something nice joe's gonna cry one nice thing about stridor well i actually did in my video didn't did you well, not... want to hear something again well i might have been so enraged when you picked on him even though like i said i still love your videos and i watch them all but i was so enraged he was picking on stridor like, i'm very aware <laughs> that i'm very aware that earl norum didn't illustrate him <laughs> huh how about that no no here's the deal here's the deal there's a lot of satire in the Stridor video, but a lot of it is fun and love. And people always assume that I hate these things. That like, I'm like, why would I put myself through writing a script and everything if I totally hated something? You would have just like, left it out so, completely. Right. So, like, for example, go back and watch the Stridor video. If you know anything but about me. Did say something nice? Okay, I'll go back. You, no, 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 no wait. I'm going I'm to tell you what it is so that you don't have to guess, all right? Because. Okay. You right. come at right. you come at me like a honey badger, so I gotta you know. So so here's the deal. Hello, so, Michael's initial face when Joe popped up. He had this like look of what the fuck have I got myself into here? Fine, fine. Look, people have accused me of making up Australian people. Okay, so I've I've heard it all by this point. I've been through all of it. So um so yeah, uh, I love history, especially British history, and especially medieval history, and especially the Third Crusade era. I love all reading about all that stuff. In the Stridor video, I cite that he is sculpted in an identical mirror image oh, of the statue that. of Richard the okay. Lionheart that stands outside Parliament. And oh, I then, do remember you saying that. Yeah, and then I gave a hearty, what ho! So that is a compliment Oh, that's Stridor. a compliment I seen. I was like, oh, come on. I want a real compliment about the toy, though. You tell me what is a good design. You tell me one thing. Do, do you like the helmet? Do you like that removable helmet? Do you, do you like the gun? Do you like the sticker? The, the tail? Um, something? Uh, the cybernetics? Yeah. Huh? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna just um, 
<laughs> he's like, leave. <laughs> he's like, it goes up and showing right up on the sky. Right yeah. You, okay. All right. See, all right. There. Right over there. Okay. See, I get worked up when him? I don't have too much food. When I don't have like you know like my supply of Popeyes chicken, I kind of get a little worked up. I you know I have a, a Joe. Condition. We told you before so, you got to oh. eat before the show, man. Oh, um, all right, all right, Michael. I guess you're okay then. What Damn, I'm, now I can't what I'm trying to say is that my stridor is behind yeah. glass in a dehumidified, air-conditioned oh, environment. I can't afford glass. Oh my God! Well, I'm, simply, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there. Hey, it's, it's alright if you I'm if not, you want to tell Joe that he's poor. It's fine. We do it all the time I'm on the show. Saying, whoa! Yeah. This has nothing to do with Joe. I'm not saying anything about Joe's. I'm not comparing myself to Joe. What I'm saying is. I have done Stridor the most honor that any toy collector can give a toy. Which I respect is, that. So he's right there. Where's yours, Joe? Right there on the I floor. Can... What was that? What does that <laughs> say? Mine on the floor, the dust, the dirt. Hey, but this is a dust-free room, so this is actually okay. But I give it to you. You are giving him the best respect possible. So for that, I, I take back yelling at you. Most and No, no. And I made a video about him that is probably – Possibly, I don't know, but it's probably one of the highest watched videos about the Stridor toy that's ever been made on YouTube by now. So I have done him two honors at this point. Give me a break, all right? How dare I you, Joe? The- How dare you besmirch our, our special guest for this week? Why, why would you? Look, I, lo- I, love, I love the horse, all right? But I can also, I can also acknowledge that this horse has many stupid aspects. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, you were doing good. Now you went right back to bad. <laughs> so, Star Wars. Castrato yeah. is my favorite beast from Master of the Universe as well here. So I'm, I'm going to bite my tongue here. I mean, talk. he's a robot. He doesn't have a heartbeat. He's not really a beast. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh. I don't want to hear it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I made my We're here to be positive here, Michael. My this is a pro Masters podcast. Here, I, you, know? you know what? We can talk about Goatman later and Earl Norum and all that stuff. Or, hey, at least not... you know who Goatman is. I'll give you that. Uh, right. So my 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 ultimate love is Kenner Star Wars first and foremost. Oh, right? How many Star Wars Follies videos are about praising vintage Star Wars? None of them, because I love digging into the weird. I love talking about the weird stuff about toys. That's Those are good, where, too. That's where my joy comes from. So, Joe, enjoy <laughs> my joy, man. My joy is in pointing out what's weird about Stridor. Don't, <sighs> don't, don't yuck my yums, man, as the Zoomers <laughs> say, all right? I just threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that. All right, but I did it for you, all right? I did it for I, you. I appreciate it. There, I, I take back most of it. Just most of it. It's still kind of shit on, but whatever. But um, well, I was gonna say before Tyler, if he has any other questions for you, oh, I that, had a we'll few more things. Real... I, we, I can't. Yeah. I got, uh, don't no, do, do not be trying to steal my thunder here. We're not trying no, to. No, that's what I said. You go ahead. That's what I said. I have you, a you few more questions. Tyler's yeah, been wanting you, know, you on the show for a long time. Now. Yeah, I, I and I made a point. Like we have to get Michael in here at some point. Oh, yeah. I because I, I couldn't find a way. I just said, Michael, I know you don't know who I am. I'm not mental or anything, but I would love to talk to you about toys and. You're wrong about Thundercats and everything like that, which I have sat quietly and just let you say whatever you want about Hit Thundercats. Em. Hit them, Tyler. Come on. Do it. No, 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 no. That's I like fine. Look, I can take it, okay? No, no, no but see, that's the thing. It's been <laughs> done to death. That, that, that argument has been brought to your feet more times than I want to remember. Because I do you know what I've got right there? 
Yeah. Well, you, move move the camera so we can see it, Michael. You got to do this right. too. Now it's Tyler's turn to get his licks in. Look, son of a bitch, he's got the cat slayer. Man, you're making me look bad here. And all of the second wave figures are standing in it as well. Tyler, With Tyler, do you have the cat slayer? By chance, weapons. Tyler, you got that? No, because I'm like Joe. I'm I'm pretty poor, you know. <laughs> look, um, look, man. but that's not. But that wasn't my argument though. My, <laughs> or my, not, my, not argument. In your Silverhawks video, <laughs> one of, of one of the two there. You held up the figure of Molecular and looked at him and threw him down on the ground. Uh-huh. I've wanted that figure since I was probably four years old. And when I saw you throw down Molecular on the ground like he was a piece of shit, I'm like, what is he doing? Okay, well, what first, is wrong with Miller? First, uh, what is wrong with him? It wasn't Molecular itself. It was his accessory. I know, but you, you looked at him, you're like, oh. Okay, um. I'm gonna, I, love, I love this so I, I need, much. I I, I just, I'm going to explain Michael. this one. I'm going to explain this one. All right. It's not okay. going to take long. All right. First of all, I want to. Because he's a piece of shit, so it'll take. Like I want to. I want to assuage your concern about the character being thrown. That character landed six inches into a shoebox full of Ziploc bags. I don't beat up my toys. I set things up to to make things, you know, uh, compose them a certain way to get my. My, uh, but you wanted me to think that you threw him against the hard ground. That's what you want me to think. I don't right? even think there's the sound of hard ground because that was a carpeted floor in there. That wouldn't have even been possible. I guess I just assumed it was like uh, you know you're throwing your potions putting in this awful concrete sound because you're like oh, nobody throws molecular like well because nobody does and you did and I, I called did. you out for I it. I did because he's naff. But but here's the deal. So, so you admit it. I look. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, look at I the don't hey, care when you show. Place him in glass. Yes, please. Talk about. Oh, this is so great. He's, this is so great. I do this well, to Tyler all the time. He's doing his best to make us all look bad for calling him out for. for uh, you know, I, I don't it. care. Look, man. I you call it. me out. You call me out long enough, and I'll probably end up flying to Australia for some reason. All right. So that's just a the fake way Australia, is. right? You're right. A fake Australia. So here's a deal. It wasn't about molecular himself. The joke was that his accessory was in his hand. That stupid molecule that, string. Staff, which looks like a starched sex toy. It looks like it, it looks anal like anal beads. Just go ahead and say anal beads. I I'm only saying that because you brought it up. I'm not implying. That look, I, agree. I I brought it up nine years ago in the video with a face and a uh and a uh. That was my that was my reference to it. If we look, I it pushed. Like you tossed off to it when you. Uh. Oh, oh, did oh ha ha ha! I I pushed with. I did the nonverbal. The nonverbal was pushing the envelope with the joke. You, sir, tonight have stamped that joke and mailed it, okay? And it ain't coming back now. So it's it's out there. Um, no return to sender, huh? Well, no return to sender on that one. That one's that one's it's gone. So I'm fucked. Not really. I mean, it's just a different way of. They're live, man. We we we're like Sid Vicious, man. This is live, pal. I can't I can't redo it, man. You can't redo it, but it what it reveals is your difference of uh, sense of humor versus mine. You'd have been more overt about it. You, sir, possibly <laughs> speculating, little conjecture here. Okay. I'm I'm the type that's content with just showing the wampa's shoulder. You're the type that wants to. Oh, see Oh no the no no no. I don't need to see the whole wampa. No 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 no. Okay. You can't okay. make you make that. I was perfectly fine seeing. Glimpses of the Wampa to this day. I did yeah. not need to see him gnawing on anything mm -hmm. to make me feel like I, I need to you know. It's just, it depends on the character. I just assumed you were the type of person that wants to see the Wampa gnaw because you're also kind of gnawing on this joke. And I was, you know, you're trying to get to the center of that marrow. 
No, yeah. no, no. I, okay. I, 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 simply because that's a character that is so overlooked when people mention uh, Silverhawks. I love that character. He's not used much in the cartoon. Visually, I just thought he was cool looking. And I loved your video on Silverhawks. Mm-hmm. I can't defend the cartoon because there is a lot of... I can't describe it in the cartoon, but your description of the... I'm like, I can't... Argue. I still hot, love it. I still love it. a lot it. of hot garbage. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say it's hot garbage. That's blasphemous <laughs> in my eyes there. I, but... There are plot holes, loopholes all over the place. You know, I grew up with it and watched it every week, too, right? I had the tennis shoes, for God's sake. I had the Silverhawks tennis shoes. Well, I had a coloring book and color forms, all right? So I wore it my feet. I had underwear. I had little kid underwear with Silverhawks on it. Beat that! You win. What a pissing contest uh, we got going on over here. I can't claim that that I had a... a that had Copper Kid's face on it that split. I was proud to have Silverhawks on my out. ass, dude. You know, if I still could wear them today, I would. <laughs> did they did the, did the waistband on them say Stargazer? Did it? Oh no, it was just like Quicksilver. I think Windhammer was on one side of my buttocks. I can't remember who else on his buttocks. He goes from well. saying anal beads to buttocks. Like what? What a what it's a all about the ass tonight here, man. Because I'm making one out of myself right now. <laughs> look, look, you're not making an ass out of yourself. We are, we are learning our preferences here. Where, yes. where the boundaries are. Well, see, now that I know that about about you, uh huh, I can go back and watch the video and think, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, and not take offense to it. And I'm like, what is he saying? Is he saying molecular sucks? No. Let me text Nathan real quick. Can you believe this cowboy bullshit here? And then I'm just laughing. Doc Holiday want to be here. Said that molecular sucked. I ain't having it. Joe, get him on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Look, man, I have molecular in a glass case. That's going to be your defense for everything, isn't it? Everything's in a glass case. (laughs) It's not, but guess what? I can use it about. 50,000 times if I have to. Um, I'm just saying that I do protect toys, even ones that I think are a little weird. Fair? Okay, I'll give you. I, I didn't throw... Tim Witten, my my uh, friend on the show, he wants all the Silverhawks put in a shoebox, and he wants the Star Ears on display on that shelf. Uh, yeah, that that's... I, dis- I, that's I good. disagree with him. I think the Silverhawks display... As well, if not better than Kenner superpowers. Wow! Now there's a bold statement. I am. I'll, I'll give you that. All right, I take I'm back everything. If you're going to put Silver Ox over Silver uh, superpowers, I take everything I said back. I take it all back. Man, Whether it's already in the mail and I can't get it back, I'm just saying when you do get it, feel free to send it back. People, I'll pay for the postage. People seem to believe that enjoying enjoying weird observations about things and making light of these vintage toys is like a blasphemy and it's like no it's not it's the way i actually have fun with this shit like i look at this stuff and some of it is bonkers like some of it is really like why did they do that or what was this all about like and everybody else not everybody else but a lot of other people analog doesn't do it and lio doesn't do it um but a lot of the other nostalgia channels they are just living in the the rose tinted glasses and they're keeping themselves, you know, half inebriated all the time on on feels. And it's just like they're all saying the same thing. Oh, man, that was so awesome. That was so great. It's like, why don't you just make a video saying everything's awesome and everything's great so you don't have to make 300 videos about all these different topics? Because you're going to be saying the same thing. I, on the other hand, want to be entertained and have fun with this stuff. And I, I like 
doing things, you know, finding a hook. Well, you've cover- been doing like story commercials, like where you'd yeah. have the characters interacting, like I got a mm-hmm. kick out of that. And you don't see many people doing that either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just, I have fun with this stuff in a very, um, assertive way, I guess is the best way to describe it. But no, like I went out and actively bought the nicest examples. This is before the channel. I bought my Silverhawks before I had Retroblasting as a channel. Oh, that, that was when I must have been collect- great because those were probably a lot cheaper back then. Yeah. 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 My Mirage is complete and it has a box. I mean, so, and again, I, I, I was buying a lot of this stuff because I never stopped collecting in my youth. So I was buying a lot of this stuff in the aughts when I was, when eBay finally had taken hold. Um, I equate it to like that scene in Raiders where Indy jumps through the door that's closing, but his hat falls behind him. I grabbed the hat and pulled it through before the door closed on prices. Yeah. Like a lot of that stuff, you know, so. Did you ever have to collect uh, Temple of Doom? Oh, that is cool. But like I was... With all oh, that uh, shit uh, that we, you we throw, We're throwing too much at him at once. Put the, put the, I, I, no, I was quickly going to say, because you have so much fucking shit. Give me, <laughs> you give me, oh. No, but do you happen to have any Sectars figures or the Hive? Because that is such an underrated line. I guess he'll uh, move his camera. Wait for the camera move. Well, the Hive, is, glass, actually, Joe. The hive is actually over it's oh my God. two sections over. Um, it's so big that it can't fit on the top or... So it, Spin the it, camera. I gotta see that shit. You it, actually got the. I'd hype? Have to, I would have to pick up the whole Mac and and. Oh, and not that convenient. Oh, okay. Yeah, but God, um, damn, the, hive, the hive. I have the hive complete uh, with oh. the box and all the stuff. Um, oh, shit. And and the box is you know tucked away. Um, I have. I don't have two of the big bugs, and I need some of the figures. I have Dargon and Spydrax and a number of the guys. I have the Dragonflyer, and I have the. Uh, um, Whatever Spydrax's uh, bug is. Um, oh, and I have I have three of them actually. I have the pincher, <laughs> pincher bug. God, um, that makes me sick. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the tarantula. That's the one I need is the tarantula. I don't have that one. And then I need like a four. Hmm? I was going to say you have like four or five Fort Carrion playsets as well. I have one Fort Carrion playset with unapplied stickers. It does have I have the box. It does have um, some. Problems with the um, the silver metallic plastic has snapped in a few places because that stuff literally crumbles. But yeah. it displays just fine. Um, I have that, yeah. Because uh, Tim Clark made a lot of amazing stuff when he did, you know, the sectars and those, like you said, the giant steeds, the gloves. It was such a great gimmick. And then I think he did Boglins too. Let me guess, you got all yeah. the Boglins? I don't have. My brother grew up with a Boglin. I don't have any Boglins. Um, reason yeah, being, it's not because I don't like them. It's because. Even after 10 years, there's only so many purchases and so much money a year that you can throw at this stuff. And I focused on, for lack of a better term, I focused on hard plastic action figure ranges with vehicles and playsets. Oh, I got you. I yeah. loved Boglins. I thought it was one of the coolest toys growing up. But I haven't, and now with the prices on those things and the, the fact that they're foam rubber, yeah. and it's like, yeah, yeah. no thanks. Like, yeah, some I, of those really had deteriorating issues. Right. Mad Balls at least held up pretty good. Did you ever have a bunch of Mad Balls or any of those? I, or that have, I have my childhood Mad Ball, and he hangs out. He hides. He's like an Easter egg. He's in this, uh, the top floor of the Ghostbusters firehouse looking out through the window. And it's um, oh, is it Slobulous? Screaming Mimi. Oh, yeah, a lot of people have. Yeah, all right. Mm. Oh, look, did you hear that? A lot of people have screaming Mimi. That's a common <laughs> I've had my screaming Mimi for 35 years, you snob. I've had it for 35 years. 
<laughs> I, I had my slobulus that long too. He's better, but whatever. Hey, Tyler, did you want to ask him another question before we hit the chat room? With oh yeah. Well, um, I was uh, before that. I knew this this tank came in yesterday. I was gonna wear my Bionic Six tank top ah. to advertise. I'm like, you mentioned a while back you were gonna do one on Bionic Six, and I'm a hardcore fan of that series. And mm-hmm. just curious, like, whatever happened with the plans of doing a Bionic Six video? You, your your timing is good because today, um, I, we're we're hoping to uh, premiere part one of Bionic Six during. Iconicon, which is our online convention from July 7th to the 11th. We made yeah. that deliberately 7-Eleven so all the 80s kids can remember it. Um, but the idea is, is that that video will finally, that part one, will finally premiere during Iconicon. Today, starting at 8 o'clock all the way through 3 p.m., I was watching uh, Bionic 6 episodes 16 through 25. And then yeah. and I was taking notes on all of them. And I'm going to keep doing that throughout this next week so I can write the script and get it shot and ready for Iconicon in early July. I hope you have a lot of positive things to say about the bad guys on that show. Okay. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's what? non-negotiable. What? See, we started this conversation, <laughs> we started this live stream talking about how important it is to be voices of credibility, voices that are real, voices that don't hype, voices that point out the good and the bad. And yet here's this very, very muscular individual with his arms crossed, staring me down. After I can put him down like this. Already having, I, mean. oh, I get it. I get it. It's, a, it's a subtle intimidation. I believe the Zoomers <laughs> call it a microaggression. But I, I got um, T-shirts I can barely it, fit into it, them that I could put on for you if you'd like. After bawling me out about a character that's composed of balls, after bawling me out about that. Uh, you have to make a, a, a sack reference to molecular. I, I should have known that even bringing it up, he's going to do it. I said, he, I he brought said, up anal beads and I said the balls ball, and ass. Not, not the sack. I said the balls, not the sack. There's a different. But. I don't know my own body here. You're now, well, I mean, you've been very focused on your delts and your glutes and your pecs and all that stuff. So maybe you've forgotten about how some of the other stuff is oriented. I don't don't know. Small balls here, you were saying. I'm not saying you have small balls. I'm saying you might have forgotten the way they're oriented because you've been focused on getting everything else jacked up. Hey, I got to make sure these things are not, you know, getting. Look, man. It's a story for another day. We can do it in a live stream. We can talk about my balls all you want, but. Look, I'm not trying to talk about your balls necessarily. I'm just trying to talk about where where, where our focus is. Your gotcha. focus might be this week it's arms, mm. next week it's it's calves. Oh no no, it's once a day. Mm. I, Tomorrow no, it's back. I think that there's a Futurama Kegel master that helps you focus on your balls. I don't think there is one of those. So you probably they, they 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 came out perfect. They grew perfectly. They evolved into into what we have today. And similarly with Bionic Six. <laughs> right, you have you have made the statement of I don't want you talking negatively about Bionic Six, and I'm going to go well. I'm going to say what I'm going to say about different aspects of the show, and then when I see you at an event, if you decide to just knuckle dust me right in the face, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, I will I will photograph the black eye uh, on live stream. Maybe get some some sympathy from some people. Going, look at what these people. Tyler, are. if you want, I can send you these He-Man knuckle dusters that I have. <laughs> I, I, I I need no knuckle dusters here. I Why is I that a to, thing? I, you know, wait, I'm wait give him a Joe, talking to us. What I'm going to have Joe, to do? How? What? Where did that come from? can't remember somebody sent me i was talking about hitting somebody and they're like i'll send you some he-man knuckle dusters so that's how it happens so Probably from australia with all those camel balls he gets 
Those were good. Those were good. Of course. What the hell are we talking about, Michael? Bionic Matthew, six. I don't even know what's going on. All I'm saying is that... Go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. I'm just saying that I genuinely love how the Bennett family is portrayed and how Scarab and his crew are portrayed. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's it's me being... See, this is my kind of humor. I am pretending <laughs> okay. to act like an asshole about it, saying you I don't know. have much... Knowing full well, yes... I love this guy because he can he speaks his mind about everything. But because I'm so passionate that the Scarecrow uh-huh. are badasses and the Bennett family are badasses, I'm like, I won't settle for anything less. It's me pretending to be I'm the... gonna give I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you just a little I'm gonna give fans of power a little sneak into a little anal beating into how deep you're gonna go with this, right? I am not into that at all. I'm I not either. I'm, I'm going by young, what you I think that's permanently of having, so this on is all the, on you, buddy. That should permanently be on the weird list, which is why I didn't even say it in the video. All right, like yeah, but you implied it. So oh, I we're back on this people. again, Tyler. Just let it go, man. I'm just saying, you know, he's trying to get away with it, and I'm not gonna let him. Look. <laughs> Hey, you called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. There's another Tombstone reference for you, Mr. Holiday. Oh, you saw that video, too. Um, Many times. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Here's here's my little... This is my gift to you, Tyler. My gift to you tonight for inviting me onto your show, being very, very kind about watching my videos and talking about them. You clearly have a working knowledge of my library, which is truly humbling. Because a lot of people don't. The, the, I get, I still get messages to huge fan. When you hear someone say, "I'm a huge mm. fan," in a message, instant red flag. It's like, what do they not know, and what do they want? And they're like, "I just wondered, have you ever done a video about Star Wars?" And it's like, "Huh? No, what? never saw it about no. it." What? No. What? What Chinese su- subscription farm do you work for? Like, what? What? What message is this? So anyway, um, here, okay, Tyler, here's my gift to you uh, regarding the Bionic Six commentary. In the video, one of the things that I will be saying, I will be talking about the idiosyncrasies of the different villains and how they are characterized. Um, Some of that will be positive. Some of that will be, like, what was that? Like, why did they do that? For example... I knew that was coming. I swear to God, I knew that was going to be the one thing he says is making fun of Chopper in his motorcycle voice. One thing. I know what they're trying to do. It doesn't work. Yes. I know what they're trying to do. The other one is Madam O ending everything with Darling. I, I get, like that, though. When you been, have you ever binge watched Bionic 6? Yes, yeah. I have. Well, then, I got the whole set on Blu-ray. Well, Blu-ray, but I have it. Right. By the way, I need to, seriously need to talk to you about the quality of that Blu-ray because I've seen it, but I have a, a bootleg DVD, which is working just fine for me now. But I was thinking about upgrading. So after the show, I, I want to talk to you about that Blu-ray, what you think of it. Um, but anyway, um, animation's beautiful on that show. One of yes. the, it's, I, I'm, I'm hedging to say it is the best animated show of the 80s. Although I, 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 I won't Rangers, disagree with that. Galaxy Rangers is really, they're like neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the George C. Scott impression yeah. for Scarab. I think that's a stroke of genius. Um, but there are other things that the characters themselves point out in the show. That I mean, I'm literally taking notes episode by episode, pull-out quotes by pull-out quotes. And at one point around episode 23 or something, 
glove looks right at Scarab and goes, it goes, why are we doing another, uh, another, uh, masquerade party that you say is a plan? Like, which it's every episode. They're always disguised as the people you've never seen before. And it's like, are they ever going to figure out? I, by now I know those two jerkwads are Scarab. They're going to go, hail Scarab. And they're going to turn. Cause, and, and it's like the, 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 the family never figures it out. But they never forget that the Bennett family are the Bionic Six either. Which is really effing stupid. Like, at least He-Man... <laughs> I'm, I'm not... I, I can't argue it. Prince, I'm not going to... Prince I'm, Adam ended up with a tan. Yeah. Everyone well, talks... A lot... But, see, that's the thing. And I, I can't... I'm not going to be the, the asshole who's just going to argue for the sake... That's, that's not what I'm about. Um, because I always buy into the superhero mythology that if, you, if you're going to invest in this, you have to buy that Clark, Ken, and Superman are different people because of the glasses. You can't... Look but at, at least, it. as flimsy as it is, at least they did something to cover his face. Yes, E Man, they didn't do anything, and that's it's thin rigs. Like, but it's you thin. know, that's due to animation budget, right? So it's yes, not, not... Right. right. They gave him a tan, and that was about it. And I get it, most people in, can't instantly well, get a, a little tan. sarcasm there when you say that, yeah, they gave him a tan. Well, it is, I remember, I mean, <laughs> I'm just clarifying here. Uh, look, and you go tell me how fast you can get a tan and then untan and then tan again when you have to switch back and forth in real life. If I had we'll a talk. power so they could allow me to give a great tan like He-Man and go right, well, I don't want to be pasty pale anyway. It's not I'm, me. I don't I'm, like that. I'm, I'm, I'd be I'm, rocking the tan all the time. I'm looking for some verisimilitude here with these shows. And the Bionic 6, if, if the He-Man uh, disguise alter ego is thin, the Bionic 6 alter ego is full-on anorexic like there is nothing there for that one it is just like hey we're now in yellow leotards oh my god the bionic six is here it is it is it, it's the most inane part of the show i i, I can't argue it it is also flimsy it's very what are, flimsy what are all their what what really differentiates them as as characters the six the six uh bennett's well in the sense that what they're into. I'm not uh, talking about their that. personal interests. I'm talking about their bionics. I don't mean their personality. I mean, as superheroes, what differentiates them? I'm not quizzing you. I'm saying it's that vague. It's like, oh, well, bionic one is, uh, well, he's strong. And it's like, yeah, well, IQ, what's he? Oh, well, uh, well, he's strong. <laughs> oh, and he's the, one what, of the what, smartest ones of the group. Sport, Hence the name, though. What's sport one? Oh, well, uh, well, he's strong. Oh. No, 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 no. Now, now you're this is getting good. Here. I'm telling you. No, 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 no. He's, he's generalizing here. Potato chips, Joe? A lot of their, just like a lot beneath the popcorn? A lot of their powers are specific but not used very often, whereas the non-specific powers are used the most often, and they, they're across all the different characters. So sometimes it's hard to get a read on what makes Bionic One different from Mother One? Aside, she does the telepathy thing all the yes. time, so at least she stands alone over there. And Rock, Rock One can run real fast. She can run real fast, but so can Bungie. Yeah, but they but they all can run faster than usual. But but Rock One at least is. I hope everyone's enjoying this Bionic Six. You know, retrospective here live on Fans of Power. Same, but... They should have retitled the show Bionic Blend. Is what I. No, I feel... no, no. Bionic Six sounds good. It's an ass kicker of a name. Okay, I mean. All right. <laughs> I don't hate the show. I really don't. I'm, oh, but I'm going to do what I do with all the shows. Yeah. I'm going to go, 
this is cool. This is weird. This makes no sense. This is fine. That's well animated. Like, I'm going to do what I always do. And the people okay. come away going, Michael's a hater. He hates everything. I got to find out where he lives so that I can set his house on fire. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> you know. Uh -oh. Well, but you've also said, like, the Boogeyman was probably the best episode of the real Ghostbusters, correct? Because that's my favorite episode. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's many layers of things that I know that you and I both agree on. Right. You and but, I have similar observations about things because they're objectively observable. Yes. So, give me a little trust. Put a little faith in me. A little bit of faith. Oh, no, I wouldn't be watching uh, you this long if I didn't trust you. Right, right. No, you I know? get it. I get it. So, you know, like, I mean, everything you said about the Dick Tracy toys, I'm like, huh? he didn't like all of them, but he makes good points, and I can't argue it. What you said about Ninja Turtles, where they had to articulate the spiders in the in the sewer place. Like I get his perspective on that. I was fine with it as a kid, but I'm not going to argue why he says that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was hard as hell to put the weapons in the hands a lot of times. Yeah, yep. like you you say so many things about the toylands that we all grew up on. I'm like, he's got valid points, right? And it I'm may just... be about a toyland that I'm super passionate about, but I'm mm -hmm. not blind to what he's saying. I am never going to be one of those assholes that, that cannot take anybody trashing unless if they're if they're making a really thin statement i'm gonna call you out on it because i right. feel like i demand more you explain it more why you don't like this you know, right or why i think else. this or why i think this aspect of this thing i don't like sometimes i don't yeah. hate the thing it's the aspect and the problem is is that i started making these videos because nobody else in the pop culture space for toys was doing that they were all just going these are the four Ninja Turtles, and I had them when I was seven, and they are so cool, and they are awesome today, and I still have them. And it's like, there's 50 channels that have done that. There's Leonardo and Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, and they're all different shades of green. And then I came with the van, and it's like, are you going to tell me anything about the van besides your feels? Huh. We all, it's like the Star Wars guys. If I hear, if I hear one more guy talk about, like, when I go on, when I go on podcasts about Star Wars, and stuff I always say, you know, we all have the same story with Kenner Star Wars toys. We saw the movie and we raced out and got the first figure and oh my god, it changed our lives. I have the same story. Yeah. What is there unique to say? What is your what is your point of view? Like what is because the things that, that you just said about it was hard to get the weapons in the hands of the turtles. It was that's a collective experience. Everybody can relate to it. And yet for some reason, when I or somebody like me, like analog points it out. All these other people who experience that same thing, they get bristly. Hey, hey, <laughs> don't kick my grandmother. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? <clears throat> we have a like, conversation yeah. all the time. You talked like earlier on in the episode about Kevin Smith building this bridge, like having that bridge to nerds. Yep, yep. When we think of nerds now, or what... I think it's just uh, middle-aged women and people. I'm a nerd now, and it's like, are, are you? That's not cool anymore. Like, yeah, I, it's, it's... I, I don't know. Do you think that there's just way more of that, and that's sort of why we are in the position that we're even in anyway? Is that everything has reached a point where right, it's okay to like this now? You like that? Uh, that's really awesome. When as before, mm -hmm. as kids, all of us got made fun of for liking these certain things mm -hmm. that are now cool. Right. That we've we've it's it's now a situation where I'm not sure how many chads from back in the day are actually in our hobby now because Lord of the Rings was popular and oh Star Wars came back and whatnot. Um, 
I have no problem with people being in this this community. I have, I'm not a gatekeeper in that respect. Um, I have a problem with people who are just out to not be nice to other people mm -hmm. about it. That's the big difference that I've always cited in these guys that come at me about positivity. It is to the letter. It's like clockwork every time. They always come at me saying when they don't like my criticism of a thing, a toy. And it's I, let me let me say that one more time. When they don't like my criticism of a thing, meaning toy, playset, movie, product, whatever it is, inanimate thing, whatever it is, they start preaching about how important positivity is while they personally attack a human being they don't know. And that's why when I hear people talk about, I'm all about the positivity, I'm all about being positive, I'm all about doing this, I'm all about celebration, I'm all about this, red flags. I'm like, that person probably does some seriously negative, underhanded shit behind closed mm -hmm. doors in private conversations and everything else. There, there is a YouTuber out there that I will not name that I do not know. I have never associated with them once ever. I've never spoken with them, but I know on, and I have on good authority, good authority, because it was a firsthand conversation with someone I trust implicitly. He, he called me an ill looking motherfucker behind, and I've never even spoken to the guy. I don't even know the guy. And this guy is all about positivity. <laughs> on the outside he's all about no negativity and this is all about you know all of us coming together as a community it's usually those is kind it? of people that uh, that uh -huh. are like that. those ones that want to put themselves on the forefront of like i am right and th right. they're always the biggest pieces of shit right 10 don't out of 10 start none. don't start none won't be none exactly so that's all i'm saying when it when it comes to this whole thing about positivity around things i get like it's like, wait, the other shoe is about to drop. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, it's, gonna, it's literally things like, you're a cancer on collecting, Michael, and you need to get out of here because you're so negative. And it's like, wow, because you sound pretty fucking negative right now. <laughs> like, I, I, it could just be me, but I, I mean, I was born yesterday, so I might not know, but that sounds pretty negative to me. I mean, I'm just, just trying to give you some friendly advice here, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, speaking hey, of positivity, hey, king of my grandma. Let's, hit, let's hit the <laughs> chat room. You guys, there's a 30-second delay, but if you have any questions you want to hit Michael with, go ahead and do it right now. And in the meantime, I'll just say really quick, for anybody that is new to this channel, you a can lot, always hey, like, a, a lot of share, people new to this it. channel, Joe. I appreciate we, it. And we appreciate yeah. it. Like I said, it, it, it is wow, greatly cool. appreciated. Yeah, and especially if, like, you know, you're into Masters of the Universe, you ever want to hear anything from the mini-comics, the cartoons, stuff from the past, present, what we'd like to see in the future, we do this every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So we're, we're just a fountain of information when it comes to Masters of the Universe. So that's that's what we do. So if you, yeah, if you want to subscribe and like, share, ring that bell, go ahead and do that now and uh when the questions start popping up nathan i'll pass it to you to do the questions because i know i've rambled a lot tyler's rambled a lot uh michael's shit all over things like one thing i would like to do is uh typically tyler and i don't wear the same shirt most of the time but we this is uh, on joe's t public in the description below go buy this shirt by the shirt. Yes, I got. Oh, just to let. Yeah, that is. That should still be up there. I got to get more things up. So, because uh, things have been down, but then I'll put them back up. And uh, I appreciate. Oh, the hey, we, we got a, we got a that... new subscriber, Joe. It's retro blasting. I appreciate that. Oh, 
hey, sounds like a dick. Right. Okay, just to let you know, uh, Michael, if you're wondering about that Warriors of the Universe uh, shirt, what the hell that is, uh, Tyler was talking about some of the little Masters of the Universe gumball figures uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. And I said, hey, did you know that they had two inserts for that gumball machine? One was a random one where they showed a guy in a goofy outfit, and it's like he's like encased in flames, but it looks like a generic stock photo with – they have all the little photos from the, you know, I think it was maybe the 12 back of Masters of the Universe, but it's called Warriors of the Universe. Like, how the fuck they get away with that? But the other on the flip side is the one you see there, and that's the one that was rarely out, and I was able to get them both. I actually have them right down here, both of those card stocks, and that one's the rare one with uh, some unique art, and they're like, hey, throw it up on the T public. so put it up there just for fans who maybe wanted to wear that, and so that's the whole story of it, but... uh uh, Nathan, was there any questions that popped up yet? And if so, could well, you start asking them? I guess we could uh, start off with, and feel free, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Has Michael ever responded to the Toy Guru video he made about him? Ah, no. Um, and the reason that I decided not to is because I had said my piece about that. Um, I said my piece about that with my Rise of Evil video, which is what prompted Spectre's video. And... Um, Spectre, as most people know, because it's not a secret, it's like NECA being non-durables, Spectre is a former Mattel corporate flack. Like, he is the Maddie Collector guy. Oh, yeah. He's our our Lex Luthor to our Superman on this podcast. Yeah, and, like, I know that he's trying to jump on every single platform that he can get on because he's trying to grow his subscriber base. He is the the faceless Kevin Smith of, of... toy collecting and he was making his statements and everything but everybody who had a brain was was coming back to me saying he basically said everything that you outlined in the rise of evil as what the corporate excuses are he didn't actually say anything that moved the needle on their rationale for why they do things he literally just played the corporate playbook in the response and i went well yeah because he's one of the public enemy number ones that got the toy industry to where we are right now and, and some of my friends have been like, really? And I said, yeah. I was like, he's the guy that convinced Mattel that M- Masters of the Universe and Ghostbusters wouldn't sell in stores. and had to be sold online. Like, he was one of the major players that did that. So it's like, I don't have anything I need to respond to him about. He, he, is, he, he does not have the best interest of the consumer in mind by default. And he's trying to get back into the good graces of the industry that he's no longer a part of. That's 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 the simple answer. I love it. Um, I love it. I, yeah, I, I got hard nipples just listening to you rant about Toy Guru. Like, can we can we can we? Someone we fetch going? the we anal beads. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I will I, I, I will right I will now. get a I will take a photo and send it to you guys of molecular riding stridor. Um, so <laughs> oh, that you guys can have that. Okay. Um, oh fuck, Nathan. Curtis Ackerman has a question for him. Go ahead, read well, Curtis's. Bionic Six. Wait, go. say. Say, what about the Bionic 6? Molecular riding strider while they're watching Bionic 6. Okay. Okay. He's not He's not into that at all. I can just tell. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, trying to. Lack of my brain was trying to figure out a way to incorporate the mule's van into that photo, and I couldn't figure oh, out. Oh, that, that'd so. be awesome. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> Curtis Ackerman says, I've honestly never watched any of Michael's work. Is there a video or section of videos that would be a good place to start? Oh, the ones I mentioned. That's, that's a great starting point, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tyler mentioned um, the play sets that we never owned or play sets, 
playsets we didn't have to buy or something like that was yeah. the title. And then the other one was the Army Builders, Build Your Armies video, um, which I'm, I had a lot of fun making that one. Um, yeah. I also uh, I also did one. I, I do videos about specific lines as well. Like those videos were kind of about the trends or not trends, but sort of like observable things across multiple lines. But then there are some that I just really got a kick out of making. I, like I really enjoyed making the Stridor video. I, I had a lot of fun making that one. And I loved the Roton video that I did where I did a little song about the Roton. And it's like 90 seconds long, but people are like asking me afterward. They're like, so when are you going to review the Roton? And I'm like, that is the review. And they're like, well, no, but where's the review? And I'm like, it's the Roton. There's not a lot to it. And they're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I said everything that needs to be said about the Roton in, in the song. So, you know, um, I'm trying Your to think. Ghostbusters videos for both Filmation and uh, the real oh, Ghostbusters oh. were very good. Both of those, both on the animated series and the toy lines, were very well done videos. Thank you. Um, I also, uh, a lot of people like my Star Wars Follies. Which is all I love those, like mm -hmm. you reviewing the last uh, last wave mm -hmm. and uh, talking about the uh, the ones that just came with guns or yes the the weak Return of the Jedi figures. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone carries sticks. Like there's so if you whatever your poison is, he's he's dabbled in it at some point. Mm -hmm. Star Trek, Buck Rogers, mm -hmm. even stuff I've never been into, I'd still watch. Like you're right. well, one of my favorites. Uh, another one too, and Joe um, mm -hmm. has been pushing on me for years i've actually got into it was uh dungeons and dragons right and right. your review of the toy series because i always thought the fortress of fangs was look look really cool mm -hmm. so for you to actually do an in-depth review of the toilet and really show the fortress mm -hmm. like god that's an awesome looking place yeah there. it's one of the best um yeah and for all of your all of your audience who are motu fans um you know, I did uh, I did a tour of Snake Mountain. Uh, then I had to redo it because people were like, "You didn't show us the other side of it," and I didn't because there was nothing there. And so I did a whole thing talking about that. Um, I've done videos about. Well, there's the amazing net. They can fall right into the net. You get to look at the microphone. There's a sticker on the fucking bottom. There's a no, lot of good stuff. Don't say sticker. You got creatures coming out of the slime that can eat your ass. See, anal See? beads out of your ass. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, you're you're convincing me like where it's at. I got two green stickers and a microphone. You know, <laughs> and a net. So don't forget the, the net. We don't. We should have to explain that part now. Uh, uh, it's it's just that when you compare it to Gray Skull, when you open that thing up, no it, argument there. No not there. Um, uh, I did. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I did the whole thing on uh, uh, the Ninja Turtles part one and two. Yes. Uh, Dick Tracy. I did a whole thing on Wheeled Warriors part one and two. Uh, Mask. Um, Chuck Norris. Although I think I wrapped. Did I rope Chuck Norris? No, I did two videos on that. I think. He, he did no, two Rambo's also. Two Rambo's. Um, Melinda did part one on that. Uh, we're going to redo Thundercats. Um, I'm going to do that with Lyo Convoy. So Lyo and I are going to redo Thundercats. He's going to collaborate with me on that. Um, I did Star Trek, the 80s toys for Star Trek. Um, yeah, I did Superpowers, part one and two. So I did that one. There's a lot of different places if people have an interest where they can jump in. Yeah. I did a whole feature video about the Dinobots. Um, if people like transforming robots, if they like Transformers. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different places that can... If you like film commentary and talking about the movie industry, um, and if you're wrapped up in this whole thing about Star Wars, I just did a video called Kathleen Kennedy's Firehose of Fun. That, that was is, good. Any, anytime you, you took take time to slam Disney and her, mm -hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. 
my headphones are done. I just want to take them out. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different places to jump in on the channel. Thanks for asking. Uh, let's see here. Saturday morning fan, Michael, did you ever get to see the GoBots movie yet? What did you think of it? I haven't watched the tape yet because we haven't broken our VCR out yet. Um, cause I, it was donated on a, uh, old VHS tape cause battle battle of the rock Lords has not officially been put on DVD to my knowledge. I have, what's that? It's messed up that it hasn't. Yeah. I have all the official GoBots sets that they've brought out on DVD from Warner archive, but that one is still a wall, so I'm hoping to watch it soon. You like Rock Lords? I, I grew up with a few of them. Um, I think they're pretty neat. Uh, Melinda loves them. Melinda thinks they're some of the coolest toys ever. Um, as far as like the concept, I wish I'd have been there during the pitch meeting because I feel like it would have been similar to the guy in Big trying to sell the skyscraper. Yeah, I don't get robot. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vinkman says, I asked this earlier, but could we get a Skeletor impression from Michael? I'll tell you something, uh, Vinkman. I am nervous to do that on this particular show. Because I don't know if you're aware, but Earl Norum didn't do the voice of Skeletor. <laughs> Actually, we got somebody else. This podcast. Um, Here we go. I'm just, I'm just kind of like, eh, he's good. I know that Joe probably knows the exact octave pitch and resonant frequency that Skeletor's voice was. Give it a shot. Go. I'm yeah, sure. Just, it'll be yeah, just do it. Just do it. I just on the spot. Come on. You know, every other show, I'm totally okay. Like. When people are like, do do an impression, and I'm like, oh my god, guys, like they, there we are, you know. But I'm. He's like, I, this fucking Joe is gonna go ahead and be a dick now, and he's gonna say something about this. But no, I won't. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna be sitting back and just enjoying this. I feel like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up now because I'm so. Tell you what, let's talk a little bit more. Okay. About some unrelated. Okay. And then it's like trying to give somebody like ripping a bandaid off. You gotta like. Until I'm not paying attention, and then I'll okay. I'll jump in. All right. Sportimus asks, Michael, a lot of collectors focus on articulation and details. While I appreciate this, I also like the character and play value of vintage toys. What are your thoughts, preference on this? Preferences. On vintage versus modern? I, I guess that's sort of where Sportimus was, was going with it. I kind of feel like you established that throughout this show. I, I, yeah, I like, a, I like a product that... I like a toy that, that's quality. Um Quality is on a sliding scale. Final Faction, they're not the same quality as Marvel Legends, but they're quality because they're a dollar, mm. and they're available, and you can you can go get them. Um, Marvel Legends have a different kind of quality, but I have a lot of them because I really like the MCU. Um, so it's not so much vintage versus modern for me in that sense. It's There were vintage toys that were garbage. Um, yeah. A lot of them haven't survived. Um, there were vintage toys that were really good. Um, there are some vintage toys. <laughs> I'm about to walk into this one willingly. That makes me the stupidest person alive. Um, to all of you out there, if this is my last appearance on YouTube, you know it was my fault. I want you to know. We'll blame Joe. We'll blame Joe anyway. It's fine. Um, some toys that were great as vintage toys. They were great products when they were new don't have future-proofing it built into them. Not that they intended to. None of these toys intended to. But a perfect storm of bad designs, not at the time, but 40 years later, has compromised them for me as collectibles. 
I'm speaking specifically about the maintenance nightmare that is vintage Masters of the Universe figures. Not the vehicles, not the playsets, the figures. The figures with the leg bands and the, the springs and the discoloring heads and all that kind of stuff, they really do require somebody with like the patience of Job. Like it's just, I, I've tried to replace leg bands. I've made, I've done one successfully, one set. I've, I've tried to do another set and the band itself snapped. Then I tried to do another figure and the figure itself broke in a different place while I was trying to do it. And I said, that's it, I'm done. Which is why I've kind of jumped on the Origins bandwagon for a little while, just to kind of get workable display figures that I don't have to worry about, that they can't stand up in a shot or they can't, you know. And I know that there's people, you know, Tyler said it at the beginning of the show that they don't like the Origins figures. And I get why. I get, I see their objective issues. Like, um, but I need something to gracefully retire these guys because I'm not willing to spend hours and hours and hours when I could be making videos trying to put those leg bands back in. So that's like one of those, that's one of those rare ones where those, those toys kicked ass when we were kids. Like they were great. They were, He-Man was the big three, but as a 40 to 42 plus year old collectible, it's not holding up. Like they're the figures themselves are not mechanically meaning. Thematically, they're great. Mechanically, though, it's like, oh god. No, I. Nobody. You're just referring to the leg bands themselves or something else. Because I'll be honest, um, all my leg bands have been good on my vintage. So, like everything you see from my vintage He-Man collection is from my childhood. Yeah, but and you, the mechanics took, of like the battle armor. Th but Joe, you took care of your stuff. If anyone else well, is going I, yeah, on the secondary um, market and getting them on eBay, well, all of these they are could my, be shit. All of these are my brothers, and they were not beaten up he still had all the weapons and everything but for whatever reason their leg bands uh they all started yeah. to go loosey-goosey yeah, yeah and, and that is something to do with the temperatures they said sometimes if it was stored in extreme heats then colds or vice versa and depending on wherever you had them that eventually yeah a lot of those leg bands did start popping off but i guess i was just so you know like meticulous of trying to take care of everything like a treasure that luckily mine were all good but you're right those leg bands did fall to shit but that's what's great like there's a lot of people that do those um masters of the universe connectors now they're just like the vintage ones you can pop them in and it makes them good as new it goes beyond doing the stupid eye screw remember and the uh, and the mm -hmm. o-ring method god i, I never I, doing that. I never did that i never was gonna do that to my toys yeah. i never did i was like no I, well but i did it just for like customs like when i was doing stuff but thank god these connectors came around because it's like now they're as good as new you can't even tell the difference you know with that connector in there I I, 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 get, I get I get that, that I get that you sold your soul to the devil and somehow your figures are great well, and everything but they everybody, really are you well, want me to take these fuckers down I'll go one by one I'll show you everyone no, and the battle well, armor feature and gotta, the legs and everything you gotta fantastic. think about this too and I just sort of realized this I think in terms of Tyler's vintage He-Man collection I don't think there's ever really been a point in his life where they were boxed up and stored anywhere they've always been out and displayed as far as I've yeah. known him mm -hmm. and Joe mm -hmm. you've probably been yeah. the same way so because yeah. I mean, I mean, I do have some though over the years that have, have had issues standing up. I mean, but the majority of them, you know, they stand up. But I also have everyone leaning on somebody because you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the legs will turn out a little bit. Or I can't say that say that they're perfect, but I'd say most of them stand pretty well on their own. But what about your two bed? Because my two bed was the round back, and that had the issue standing. Well, and, uh, yeah, my my original two bad had no issues. This one, 
it, it's his legs are a little. Uh, he's standing up fine, but he's also kind of he's got back support as well. So yeah, because you notice they went to the flat back after a while because yeah. that brown yeah, back well, was, well, that was just the one that I had. Was the original one I had for my uh, uh, fourth oh, birthday okay. was was the flat back. I have the round back here on this. Oh. I have no idea what happened to flat back. Okay. So, but. All right, back but to you, Michael. Go ahead, piss on the leg bands. Go ahead, I... do it. Shit over the leg bands. I'll be right back. I just think they suck. <laughs> hey, there we go. It's time to leave. Who, who was that? Was that like um like the, the Riddler? I don't understand what that was. What was that voice impression? That's <laughs> why I'm never going to do that again on your show. <laughs> that was not bad. That was pretty good. I... I... You have to understand that when I'm in the recording studio and I start doing an impression like that, the first thing I do is I have um, what I call like merge lane phrases so that my voice gets acclimated so that I can get going and I can get on a roll. And then you I know record. What you say? Because mm. like the one I say, just say, Beast Man, you bumbling buffoon, Eternia will be mine. Do that in his voice and it'll probably sound perfect because that's what I usually do when I want to warm up for doing a filmation skeleton. Is, is that what you do when you're getting your tips from Alan Oppenheimer since you guys are chummy? <laughs> See, you're catching on to everything. So you can input my voiceover when I did mention where I said Gino Diocelli. So you go back, you take that voiceover right there into your video <laughs> when you did the Golden Books and every time you said Earl Norman or Earl Norm, say Gino Diocelli. You just have my voice. Or just put a little phrase right over there. See, and it fixes the video. I'm helping you out. Uh, here's the deal. I I feel like my method to get to where I need to be to do the recording of the Skeletor voice is working out pretty well because, I mean, 86,000 people can't be wrong, right? So they seem to be <laughs> pretty... Right. Seem to be pretty happy with it, so you know it's, you're doing great. I, I I love giving you shit, but yeah, you're doing great. Just fucked up that video, though. I tell you all the time. Oh, what's another question there, Nathan, for Michael? Uh, I, I've been trying to decorate. <laughs> we have one from uh, Zentron. What are your thoughts on the lack of toys for the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? We already know Joe's feelings on this subject matter. Uh, well, I did a I did a whole video about the Dungeons and Dragons toys uh, as as a part two to the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing, um, and my thoughts are better documented in that than off the cuff here. But uh, yeah, it was disappointing because it was a it was a blunder uh, to not tie the toy line to the to the merch line um, that would have helped both of them out and um, swing and a miss. I mean, whatever they were thinking, uh, whoops, they shouldn't have done that. So. Yeah, and I talk more about that in the D&D part two. Yeah, like, did you ever get that Fantasy Force, that one board game? Because there was a special, ver or, excuse me, a special version of that that had Presto and had Sheila and had Hank and Uni. They were little mini figures. I was like, that's the only way I could ever get any figures was that back in the 80s. I didn't know if you ever heard of that. I never heard of that, and I never I never had that. Um, and I know that some, some custom guy did, like, a super, super limited run of custom articulated uh, figures of the whole hero crew, but he did it like, it's a limited run of a thousand, and then he never made any more, and I didn't know about it, I missed it. I was like, well, are you going to do more of those? Because seems like a lot of people here in the chat are really want you to. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And it's like... I mean, it's a no-brainer. People would buy, I would buy them. I wish that there'd be official versions because beyond right. that game I told you back, which was a chase version, the mm -hmm. only thing we have recently are those statues, which are so expensive. They look awesome, but those right. statues are a lot. I was like, I wish they would make figures. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's a lot of like just comments and stuff that I'm having to... 
We'll try to hit a cut if you at least get two more questions well, before we wrap it up. I would be really pissed off if they don't have some good questions for him on here. Like you can disappoint us all the time like you do every week. Do not disappoint <laughs> him with him on on the podcast here, people. Uh, it's 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 okay. I mean, I probably rambled so much and just ranted that they got all their questions answered they didn't even know they wanted asked. So <laughs> possible. Yeah, but you yeah. also have to understand sometimes people are not our chat room will ask questions about shit we've already talked about thirty minutes before and I'm like were you even here? What, 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 what mm-hmm. are you doing? Uh, Gavin the Nerd, question for Michael. Regarding replacing the G.I. Joe O-rings, are there any 3D printed variations of those? Yeah, uh, no, there are no 3D printed versions. The O-rings are all still like standard rubber O-ring gaskets. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't really know. Like, What I would recommend to people, though, going forward, because we're seeing this in the 82 and 83 figure lines already, that... That very rigid Hasbro plastic is starting to go brittle now that we're 40, almost 40 years out. Um, there are guys on eBay that sell, and this is what I buy now, they sell a thinner diameter O-ring. It's easier to stretch, and it doesn't put as much pressure on the internal hook and or the post, the plastic post in the torso. So it's not, it's not, it, it still holds it tight enough that you could, the character can stand up and be posed, but it's not pulling it together like that really thick O-ring was back in the day. The plastic really can't handle it anymore. Um, I would highly recommend people start switching over to smaller diameter O-rings for that purpose. I got a question for Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, your take on the 87 wave of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did a whole, I did a whole, um, Dragon Con panel about it. See, I, and I remember, but I, 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 I guess what I'm getting at, cause you have the Defiant, mm-hmm. you've restored, that's my personal holy grail for G.I. Joe is the Defiant. I've, I've oh. owned it since, since the catalog. Mm-hmm. But I, when I think 87, I always think of three characters. Okay. Big Boa, Croc Master, and Crystal Ball. Yeah. They were always my personal favorites from that line, and I just anytime I ask because I, I, I know people look to eighty seven as like that's where they jump the shark in terms of mm-hmm. like they, they get crazy with the supernatural and with the movie right. and everything. But I don't feel that, even though I like that wave still, mm-hmm. um, but I just always feel like there's there's some good in that wave as things have evolved to brighter colors and things like that into the nineties. But I I just. I just always ask what people's thoughts are on those three villains from that wave. I, you know, I collected those when they came out because by the time 87 rolled around, I had finally settled on collecting G.I. Joe for the remainder of my childhood because Star Wars ended at 85 and then I was kind of lost from about 85 to 87 and I was trying different toy lines. I tried Mask, I tried Silverhawks, I tried Transformers, um, Voltron wasn't around long enough, that kind of thing. And then, and G.I. Joe was sprinkled in there the whole time, you know, pieces, parts. But then by 87, 88, we were full on G.I. Joe through the end of the 80s. And um, we were buying them because they were what was available. But we also, at least me anyway, I was, I was sitting back going, yeah, I'm glad that they're, they're here and I'm glad that I have them and I'm glad they can populate my Cobras or, you know, in some cases my Joes, uh, like, like Shockwave. Um, yeah, he's best. He's great. I, just, I wish I had the Night Force version instead, but he's oh, too expensive. Oh, God, me too. Um, he just looks better. But that's the whole thing is those those figures um, were getting beefier uh, in their sculpting, and the, the, the colors were becoming more garish, 
and the characters were becoming more fantasy, which to me doesn't quite work for G.I. Joe after a certain point. I, I grew up in the whole, you know, 83 to 86 waves. Um, but I mean, I don't know how, how, how where you where when you were born versus me. I was born in 78. So yeah. uh, there, there's a slight. I mean, were you are, you are you younger than me by a few years? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was born yeah. in 84. OK, great. So all of this is visual synergy at this point. Like my my action figures at first were Mego, Dukes of Hazard, uh, Mego Pocket Heroes, Kenner Star Wars, Early Joes. Three and three quarter inch figures. They were all fairly, you know, like slim characters. You know, they they looked like me. And then by the time we got to the end of the eighties and into the nineties, all the action figures literally looked like you. So <laughs> there was a whole visual styling thing going on, um, and uh, that's just the way the toy industry went. Um, I don't have a problem with with characters being like Arnold Schwarzenegger jacked. The problem I had was the garishness of them the the colors like spearhead and max i had him for what he was but he's got neon orange camo i mean if he goes out into a battlefield he's where the mortars zone in on i mean it's yeah. like you know so that was my only issue well Nathan, i think thoughts? we'll hit him with... he didn't what are your thoughts on big boa crystal ball and croc master though oh i didn't know you wanted me to get that specific um, yeah that's why i said him the <laughs> The Crocmaster, the Crocmaster character is what I call usefully ridiculous. Like he's totally ridiculous, but he's useful. You don't know you're gonna need an alligator wrangler until you have one. I like that, that point. That that is a that is a lesson that I think should be applied to every business uh, in the west in 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 the world. Um, every business needs an alligator wrangler. Um, God, I love that. It, his bullwhip was amazing to use with the Indiana Jones action figure. I bet, yeah, yeah. I bet um, it, was. it was much better than the one that came with the, the Kenner one. Um, Big Boa, we had him too. I still have him. I have my childhood Crocmaster and Big Boa. He's He would have been fun if they had made the Rocky figure like they were going to make. But they didn't, yeah. make the, they didn't end up making the Rocky one. So it was like, well, great. Cobra has a guy in training for the, you know, the championship belt or whatever. It's like, uh, um, Crystal Ball, I will always resent that character because of his origin and the fact that it was Stephen King's bratty little son that came up with that idea and then Hasbro ran with it. And I want to look at Hasbro today and be like, 35 years ago, you guys took the suggestion of a horror writer's kid to come up with two of the derpiest action figures in the whole G.I. Joe line, Sneak Peek and Crystal Ball. <laughs> and yet today, you willfully ignore intelligent, experienced, lifelong, devoted collectors of your stuff when they make suggestions for your product line and how it's distributed. That, to me is a damning testimonial right there. Like, you listen to some, some rich guy's little kid to make one of, the, one of the most notorious peg warmers in the history of the toy industry, Crystal Ball. But now, you won't listen to anybody. Like, Unbelievable. Yeah. fuck you, Hasbro. <laughs> yeah! Uh, <laughs> 
Well, Nathan, we got time for one more question before we wrap it up. Pick oh, a good one. Man, and... uh, there, there's one I want to ask because I feel like since we are Masters of the Universe podcast, well, go ahead. Needs to be asked. That, we'll end with this one, Curtis Ackerman. Michael, how bad was the 1987 Masters of the Universe movie? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that movie in the theater. I saw it at Hickory Hollow Mall. Uh, that was the theater that was playing it in Nashville. Um, I remember my dad rolling his eyes at the post-credits thing at the very end where he's like, I'll be back. And my dad was like, wow, that's really cheesy. Um, my biggest disappointment wasn't the new characters, the new villains, the costumes. None of that really was an issue to me. Uh, I was nine years old when the movie came out. Um, my issue was that they clearly decided that, no, we're going to go to your world. And I'm like, I wanted to see live-action Eternia. I wanted to see them in a fantasy world, like with the Conan movies and the Red Sonja movie. And, you know, I wanted to see them in a primordial uh, fantasy sword and planet world that they started the movie out in. Um, I wasn't disappointed that there wasn't an Orko or anything like that. Um, I was I was more disappointed that they left Eternia and hung out at a fried chicken restaurant for like half the film and were chased around by guys with, you know, shotguns. I didn't I liked the the villain characters that they created. I liked, you know, Blades and and that lizard guy and Sauron. Sauron and all that stuff. I liked those guys. Sauron. I, 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 was, I was mad in the movie that the Sauron guy got killed first. Sauron! Like, D, D, there like, is no in. What Sarad, whatever Sarad. Uh, see, this is what I was hoping would for. Say, would you say his name was, was was it Nimrod? What was that? Oh my God, he's doing this on purpose. This is why. So, I, no, oh, I love it. This is why I asked no. this because I'm like, there is a chance. God, there is there's, there's, there's a great yeah, possibility. All this is done on purpose that, here to get me roused up here. Because I have our childhood Sarad, still with his, he has been kept immaculate. Weapon, spark still work, still has the handle on the back that has it That's broken. That's a good off. man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't I don't remember though, because the movie killed him too early. Yes. And it it had our heroes eating fried chicken in the woods behind the that KFC. Might been, that okay? might have been my favorite part. What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> That's like what's wrong. you just you just want to see your heroes doing anything. It's like the movie could have been He-Man doing his taxes for 90 minutes and then changing his tires and rotating them on the attack track and then been like, until next time. And you'd have been like, that was a great Master of the Universe movie. And I'd have been sitting there going, what did I just spend my four bucks for? Four bucks, 1984 matinee. Four bucks. Yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I were even cheaper than that. I had some $2 matinees, $1 matinees. There was some good stuff. There was some good prices. I'm sure they were like snuff films, like really shitty porn films or something like that, where you could barely even see what, this, what was going on. I you could see the anal beads on the screen, but that's It was $1.25 to see Secret of the Sword. I remember that at the Northtown Mall. $1.25 for the matinee to see that, and then I got the free comic stand in line, and I can remember all them prices. I'm sure after they just said, like, sir, just go in for a dollar. Just just get, keep the line moving here. We'll give you a free popcorn, whatever you want. Oh. Just get the hell out of here. If that movie had stayed in Eternia, no matter how low the budget was, I would I would still be talking about that movie to this day. But that movie hanging out in music instrument shops and dingy, you know, streets and strip malls and all that kind of stuff. 
Or you I, might have to end it now. Uh, Tyler uh, might no, get angry. No, 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 I didn't go. I, I didn't I, go as a nine-year-old to a Masters of the Universe movie to to see a movie set in where I just walked in from. Thank you, Curtis. Eichermann. I went. To, I went I to it. be transported somewhere else, and that I have, ahead, I have. I have no issue with any of the casting. I have no issue with any of the costuming. I have no issue with any of the attorney assets or even the special effects. I have an issue with where they took the plot geographically. It was a cop-out. It was a, we don't have the money for this, and oh, we just shirked Christopher Reeve on the budget for Superman 4 and lied to him about that as well because we're Golan Globus, right? That movie, that, I walked away from that going, if I see this movie again, I won't be gunning for it. It'll just kind of happen. I'm not going to go rent it as soon as it's on video. Because guess what? Guess what? It shows 80s America. It doesn't show Eternia. Guess where I lived as a, as a nine-year-old in 1987? 80s fucking America. I, 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 I didn't watch Masters of the Universe. Look at Tyler's face. How red he is. He looks I, like he's ready to explode. I didn't watch. Look, I get that there's some people out there who are just like, I like seeing what's familiar to me, and it makes me feel comfortable and secure. And it's like that ain't uh, me. That is not me. I'm letting you know right now before you finish your point. Look, I look. I get. I get that. I get that you. It's not you. I mean, you've fortified yourself against potential threats. I get it, man. Like, you've 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 made some some decisions, but the decision to put them in the real world in 1987 was a bad one. That does I'm, make the movie I'm, interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to step up here and, and you know, and be I the, the sleazy. I literally just praise Dolph. I, I know you are. I, I, and I had to rethink my opening statement here. I was going to come in like this sleazy public defender that John Larroquette is on Night Corp. I'm not going to do that. Were now. you going to pull the Earl Norum thing where you're like, Michael, you fucked up, man. You fucked up. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I understand anybody's perspective when they go okay. in and say, because I grew up as a kid, I loved all of it. I didn't question anything. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. Learning the behind the scenes stuff, I understand the budget cuts and all the shit was going on. By the way, do you like Superman 4? Because I love Superman 4. I love Nuclear Man. I, I have it on uh, Blu-ray. I mean, I've got it in the whole collection, so, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if it it's came with the a theater. set. It's not in the theater. You're, Okay, I envy you. God, I wish I could have saw it in theaters. Um, but I I understand that gripe, though. Like, I definitely would have preferred to see more of Eternia, but knowing what went on behind the scenes that the people making the film, not Golan and Globus, mm -hmm. but Goddard, you know, William Stout, everybody that signed on to make this film did not intend for, even though they said in the beginning they were going to put it on Earth to save money, like, I don't agree with it. I get it with the company they're dealing with. Does it make it, you know, I'm okay with it, but I don't right. fault you for feeling that way or anybody else that watches it. I got problems with people saying that it's cheesy or it's campy. Like there's nothing cheesy or campy about it. The special effects are great. The acting is good in it. I the, never, I just praised all of that. Like yes, I just, you did. All That's of that's what I'm saying. Fine. Yeah. Because that, 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 yeah. they were expecting me to blow up at you. And like, Right. No, because you made a point to say it didn't ma matter to you because mm -hmm. I can't fucking stand this. All over YouTube and social media is the same damn remark. There's no Orca or Battle Cat as if that was the backbone of fucking Masters of the Universe. And that, you see it everywhere. As all a, over YouTube. 
at nine years old, I was already, I considered myself at nine years old an above average film film literate person at nine years old. My parents used to talk about how when I was real little, when we'd go to the theater, all the other kids would be laughing at Bambi and Thumper's antics, and I'd be like this. But then when we'd leave the theater, I could tell them every single detail about the movie. So by the time I got to Masters of the Universe, I understood that Battle Cat was not technologically possible. Like, I... Yeah. I had seen the Tauntauns, and, and, and they were fine in their limited capacity. But you couldn't make a, a talking, walking, permanent Battle Cat character with that technology. It wasn't going to happen. And Never Ending Story, its, its results were uneven. I'm trying to be kind uh, with that kind of stuff. Um, my issue was only, and somebody was pointing out, you know, James Tolkien's character in the film Lubick. I don't have a problem with Lubick as a character, but he should have been in a totally different film. Like, Lubick as a character is great, but it's not an Eternian character. Maybe if Lubick had been a guy like the Eternian uh, quartermaster or something, and he worked with Man-at-Arms or something like that, but they had a contentious relationship, great, bring him into Eternia, do it. I didn't go to a Masters of the Universe movie to see my backyard. I, that I, but again, I'm the guy that walked out of the Transformers movie mm. uh, pissed off as a kid because they killed all the characters that I knew instantly and then left me for 90 minutes with characters I didn't give a shit about. And I wasn't about to give a shit about I wasn't going to give a shit about them within that 90 minutes because it took me two full seasons to get invested in the characters that I went to the movie to see. Yeah, but you, everybody has a reason to be upset about that because even when I first saw that film i stopped uh -huh. watching it after megatron becomes galvatron because i didn't give a shit right about exactly. anything after that i and liked right similarly i give no shits about courtney cox her boyfriend and the cop with the shotgun and the dude that runs the instrument store i just don't I, they have nothing to do with he-man they have nothing to do with masters of the universe they take away from it and it's like that's not the actor's fault no. Um, I do not find the performances of the actors themselves who were the Eternians cheesy. I do not find the special effects cheesy. And I didn't find the Eternian settings cheesy for what they were. I thought they were all doing a really good job with those. Um, but uh, typical Golan Globus, uh, they fumbled. They fumbled badly. And that's why that movie's so contentious nowadays. So it's not as contentious as Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. That's a dumpster fire. Oh, sweet Jesus. But no, but, but I still feel like it's risen above the over there because I, I felt like I was always having to like try and defend this film. Not to too many people because you know I don't I don't get involved with a lot of the social media. I keep myself kind of I'll sit and read and observe, but I never dive in because it's just like diving into a pool of piranhas. Almost. Uh, yeah, and I get what you, I get where you're going with it, but I just don't know if Golan Globus's Masters of the Universe and the word transcends can ever meet. I don't know if those two things can ever come together like peanut butter and chocolate. I don't know if if that movie truly transcends its own material uh, on some level. I feel like I feel like the the movie was designed by Golan Globus and Canon Films in a typically mercenary way to shave nickels in order to put enough of that stuff in there to hype it enough that we can get yeah. enough people in on opening weekend and then fuck all. And, and that's what the movie ends up feeling like, not the characters or the actors, not the performers. They did their, they did their job just fine. 
Even the special effects people tried to do their job just fine with what they were given. It's the setting, the script. The script blows. It blows. Tyler wants to say something. He wants to say something. That's fine. You can say whatever he wants. No, 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 no. Because I'm I'm trying to be, you know, as I've gotten older, I've mellowed a lot more. I'm like, I'm not ready to, you know, break. (laughs) What? Was that just a... All right, fuck you. Um, You know, I... I, He just said, I'm so mellow. Fuck you. Yeah. Because he's mocking my my opinion on here, you know. Yeah, you can go to hell. Uh, He makes good points, but I don't disagree that... I mean, excuse me. I don't agree that the script blows. I get... I I see that face. He's doing it. He's doing it. All right, he's... (laughs) He's this really so trying bad. to call down the thunder I, I just, this time. I, the he, part, he's doing it on purpose. The best part I'm of this. I'm trying to speak eloquently and, you know, like I'm delivering a good Oscar-worthy speech in a, in a courtroom. And Michael's bullshit, just going to you know. blow you away in, like, two sentences. And then I come back. I, I tear no, the shirt off. No. and I, I was, It's like the incredible uh, the nah. trial of the Incredible Hulk. I'm going to go all green and shit. Um, no. This is this is the thing that I think this is why people get real mad at me because <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I don't get – I, I don't get mad about. Yes, you do. No, I've seen you no, get no, mad no, no, no. I yes, let do. me finish. I don't get mad about faults within this stuff. I don't try and protect this stuff. And so, the more somebody else gets mad about trying to defend this stuff, the more I get like, bemu- admittedly bemused. Where I'm like, oh, where's this going? Hmm. Let's watch this unfold. Hmm. Like I, I'm not, not fall into your trap here. Then. Not because not that's what it. I want to happen. I don't want to make people angry, but it happens to me all the time. And so I sit back and I'm like, all right, here's somebody else that never figured out all their bullshit with that movie from when we were kids. So let's say no, 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 no. I'm not going to be one of your fucking sisters. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm telling you, yes, going to Earth is a big focal as he point of as that he script. starts that process of becoming a statistic. Go ahead, Tyler. I know yeah, you say the no. I know you say the the script wasn't trash or whatever, but I mean no because the idea of the cosmic key Skeletor is already won at the beginning of the film, so he's already in grace. He's he's got all he's got all the cards. He just wants to kill and embarrass He Man, like that's kind of what's what's motiv- motivating him throughout the script. There is see, look at this. I sat here quietly and listened to you. I'm listening. And, I'm listening. There's only look here. I can't. I can't. I mean, I can't help but you're talking just about this. And, I mean, you're I ta- just make videos about the Robin Hood playset. What the fuck is there with the problem? You're, you're talking about this script, and you're t- and you're trying to defend it. And all I'm thinking in my head is, moo, moo, moo. Like that. That was in that movie. Like Gwildor trying to talk to a I know. cow. I was there. I own it. I had the posters. Uh, right. I've got yeah. DVDs, I was Blu-ray, there five thousand years ago. I am aware of what's in this movie. I saw yeah. it all. Like. I saw. He I saw. Up with his dead hand and sign it in his own blood. I can quote movies with the best of here. Buddy. I saw when the courage of fanboys failed. I saw it. I was there in '87. I get it. All right. Every every kid back then, including Transformers the movie, they denied that we were all angry about Optimus Prime's death, and now they act like that movie is Lawrence of Arabia, and it is not. And it's like same thing with Masters of the Universe. It's like, look, there were some good things about it. But there was a reason it flopped at the time, too. It didn't flop, though. See, there's a misconceived, uh, I'm telling you, because we have it on this podcast. William Stout was on this podcast and confirmed 
It was not a flop because it was making more money each week. And because of Golan Globus had no or, or just the you know snake oil salesman that they were had to pull the film. They couldn't afford to keep it in theaters, but it was making money each week. How do you Brandon, not, it was not, how theaters you not afford to keep it in theaters if it's making money each week? It's Golden Globus. The, the, you know, it's I, I can't go in all this. So details. factually speaking, so factually speaking, whatever the situations were, box office or in the case of producer shenanigans, yes. it couldn't stick the landing. It couldn't, but it's but people I feel like are are, are a little too unfair with it. Is that Joe? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Curtis asked the question, and this has gone for half hour. This is fucking great. I knew it. I'm Rick not going to say, agree that this film was an absolute flop because of that. <laughs> and and I, I feel like a lot of people are. are See, Michael's Michael's looking at me. Like no, he's, he's, he's piecing it all together, man. Me. He's listening to, to you intently. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much you would charge me for some consultation on getting some great abs while also trying to stay in the conversation about the Masters of the Universe movie. I'm working two angles here at the same time, but I'm listening. Please continue. I'm, well, you can work out with me for free. You know, okay. And we can talk toys and movies afterwards. I, you know, that, that you give me your time, I give you my time. I just see if you're spotting me. And we start talking about the Masters of the Universe movie. I I just feel like you'll stop spotting me out no, of no, spot. No. See, I will motivate you by playing Skeletor's speech on my phone here. So when he's sitting there, you know, you know, yelling, and you know, I am a god, you're going to be so motivated. You're going to get that weight over your head there because the movie of Bill Conti's score is going to motivate your ass. Can you promise me that Joe won't be there or involved because he's too critical of all of my Skeletor Joe's related be front stuff. Trying to get free protein bars from the people at the front, the front he's desk, you know, anything's free just to get him to go out of there. Joe is very like he's got his head up the Bashasaurus's ass most of the time. He's so into Masters of the Universe. I mean, he is yeah. in Masters of the Universe, and so I, he intimidates yeah. me on a certain level. Like I just like oh, I just I don't I don't know if I want you know. There's a line in James Garner's Support Your Local Sheriff where you know Bruce Dern starts talking to him, and he's like, his name is Joe. His name's Joe Danby in the movie, and he's the it's Bruce Dern character. And James Garner looks at him. He says. Joe, you just make me feel tired all over when you talk like that. And so that's my whole thing about, you know, I just don't want to get ragged on for my skeletal impression while we're working out. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. And no. I don't want you to drop the spotter on me because I tell you that the Masters of the Universe movie script was three quarters hot garbage. Oh, no, see, no, 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 no. I won't do anything like that. I'll just put you through a rigorous routine that's going to make you wish you hadn't said it. I will never hurt you in the gym, but you'll be feeling the effects when you leave the gym. Well, that's a reward. So I appreciate that. That's actually that's a that is a that is a kind of uh, elevated gentlemanly thing to do. It's like that is what I do. Okay. Now, Nathan, you need the screen cap when Michael does I that work with out his the hand. I do this screen stuff, cap, but I can also have fun with it as well. Since you promote it. Since, we're gonna since, real quick, Michael. Joe, we're gonna Joe, you like this. Here. Eat no, I gotta <laughs> tell. This is when he's enlightened. Anytime you're talking, he does this. That's the please enlighten me look. So oh, Nathan, I, I, I get this, like, you know, Yes, please. I please convince please. me. You know, you know. There, there is. One, I, I knew what he was doing. There is one gift. It's the second gift of the night, actually, to Tyler that I want that I want to give you as part of this conversation. Not, I'm not setting up for sarcasm either. Um, I don't know if you. I, I don't live uh, in the Seattle area. I don't know if you do. I don't know where you are in the, in the country. But um, 
I live in Virginia. Okay, so you're on my side of the of the country. Yeah. What, um, what, what what made you think Seattle? I'm just kind of curious. Um, because the story takes place in Seattle. So if if you oh. hadn't if you'd already lived there or have been to this place, I'm going to be telling you something you already know. Um, gotcha. I, in 2014, uh, we went to Emerald City Comic Con, and while we were there, we met up with our friend Tom Burgess, who uh, runs the Facebook group I Grew Up Star Wars. And he and I have been friends on online, excuse me, for a long time, and uh, we finally got to meet him in person. And while we were there, he said, I'd love to take you to some of the local places where there are like vintage toys, uh, vintage toy stores around here, vintage arcades, vintage toy stores. We don't have a lot of those in, in the Atlanta area. And I was like, cool. So we, he took us to this place that was kind of out of the way, um, but it was called the Toy Barn. And it was a very nice, finished, you know, display-cased vintage toy seller shop. Well, when you, when you walk in, it, it's a converted barn, you know, it's with climate control and all that stuff now in it, everything like that, hence the Toy Barn. When we walked in, I'm looking around and I'm, you know, about to buy some Gabriel Zorro stuff and everything like that. And I look over behind the register in a display case. And it's the damn cosmic key. Oh, wow. Sitting there like this close to my face. And I walked up and I thought, is this a fan prop? And the guy looked over and he was real nice. He goes, no, no. He goes, he goes, this went up for auction a few years ago and we all pulled our money and we bought it to have it in the store. It's the actual cosmic key from the wow. Masters of the Universe movie. And I was like, wow. Oh God. So yeah, it's that the original cosmic key prop, the actual hero prop with all the working buttons and everything and the, the spinning uh, forks and everything on it. It's at the toy barn in Seattle. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I get my left nut to hold on to that thing. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's that, a, that does it's a case. Cool. Yeah. God, that's amazing. Well, Michael, real quick, before we wrap it up, first I want to say I know she wore your Super Orco 3 shirt. I like that. I know you've yep. worn that. Well, uh, that's some mm -hmm. good representing here on the podcast. Did that that is a cool guys. one. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm not a dick. I was I was appreciating the shirt, you know, and so and of course, you know, it's all ribbing you tonight. Oh, I, I know that. I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm playing into the energy here. That's, that's... Oh, yeah, exactly. I some didn't shit think I'm serious about. into what we do on this podcast. Oh, no, no, no. Some Long stuff as, I was serious about, though. God damn I can, it. I can, I can <laughs> already feel. You know, Fifteen minutes into this, I knew shit. I wouldn't end up in Australia, so I was okay. It was, it was all good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, I, <laughs> again, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Hope we could do this again because it has yep. been a blast and yep. brought a lot of your fans here. I hope they enjoyed the content as well. And I said it earlier, but I'll say it again for those who didn't hear it. If you're new to this channel, make sure you like, subscribe, share, ring that bell so you can always be notified when we go live. Again, thank you, Michael. And until next time. Have a powerful day. Coop went to Disney World. I don't know that quote. Uh, I bet you Michael, he knows every fucking he movie. He better know it. I do know it. Uh, and Nathan better know it, too. Yeah, it's uh, basketball. God, yes. he's a basketball fan? Finally, no another way. basketball he, fan. He referenced basketball in one of his videos. I'm like, I have to bring that up as my movie quote this week. So I'm like, that's it, amazing. I mean, we don't meet anybody else that likes basketball. It's just like me, me and Nathan. That is uh -huh. it. So yeah, I'm that's like, that's a that's too bad because that movie's underrated. It is like that movie's yeah. Really yeah. All right, catch you guys next time.